0: This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want as we launch in hour number one. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That is the packet eight. Toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away. Those other radio talk show hosts, they want to charge you for theirs. It's all for free at freetalklive.com. We start things out by going to the phones and to the fun. Brent in Missouri, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark.
1: Uh, hey, Brent. Well uh, I guess I would like to talk about a couple of stories I heard in the news I was listening to a couple of hours ago about okay. illegal immigration back to back.
0: Hmm. What's going on?
1: And uh, one was one was kind of um disheartening and angering even. And the other one was good and also kind of bad. So Okay. Um, you know, the one was there was I think you all actually um talked about it in a show a while back. There was a beef packing company a beef processing company that had a bunch of immigration raids.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, uh there were a few plants around the country. They were all raided pretty much on the same day. Yeah. It resulted in uh, I think a few hundred people at least being rounded up.
1: Yep. And uh well there's a story on the news about um a lady whose name I can't remember that um is now involved in a class action suit against the 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 beef company that she doesn't work for her anymore but she used to work for. That's basically insinuating that they were conspiring with illegal immigrants to bring down wages for the for the entire company uh to, for the workers of every of the company,
2: which is okay was,
1: so I she... mean just kind of i mean you know that's kind of actually half expected but and then I noticed they kind of zipped right over it, but they mentioned that she was actually involved in a different class action suit against the same company like two months ago um about the uh something to do with work workers comp and um and uh, believing that she'd been wrong- wrongfully terminated because she'd been injured and um they i guess didn't want to pay her workers' comp for a
0: so they brought her back say what they brought her back she she got fired, then she filed a lawsuit, no. and they hired her she, back
1: she's actually involved in the lawsuit, but she hasn't worked there for quite a while
0: <laughs> I see so but, what I she mean, it's just, she's looking for a cash payment then
1: yeah exactly it's in, it's kind of indicative of the the kind of person who worries about wages being brought down by illegal immigrants i mean it's the kind of person that just wants something and they don't want to do anything yep. to get it you know yeah typical want, they want money and they don't want to have to work for it they don't want somebody to have to give it to them well they that's what a lot of you
0: that's that's what a lot of unions do right i mean they essentially yeah. they're a bunch of lazy people that get together to uh, essentially strong arm business owners with the gov- yeah. with the government's approval into paying them far more than they're actually worth yep and locking out non-union people from competition
1: yeah
3: well, I don't have any problem with unions. I, I, I mean, any Isn't more Isn't that I, how
0: they're used today, though?
3: But they're often, they often, um, you know, are in, in conjunction with the government. In a, right. if a union is uh, used in conjunction with the government, I have a problem. That's with what it. I'm talking about. If a business is forced yeah. to use a particular group of people, right. that's why
0: um, I specifically mentioned the government in that scenario. Right. i if there if there was no government privilege or government laws that applied then if people wanted to get together and try to uh, leverage their abilities, then that's fine.
3: Right. I mean, you know, if you want to walk out um, on on your job, and, and you can get other people to walk out, too, unless the employer does what you want, I'm fine with that. But, yeah, but um, if
0: I can get in trouble, if I'm going to get in trouble for bringing in scabs, then that's where there's a problem.
3: Yeah, legal trouble.
0: Right. So, Brent, then, what was your other story?
1: Well, the other one was just there's a pizza chain in Texas that apparently has started accepting pesos, which is, I thought, actually, I, I like it a lot. <laughs>
0: yeah, I heard about yeah. that. I think that's a great idea.
1: They've, uh, they've basically, they don't give change in pesos. They just accept the pesos and give change in U.S. dollars and then they go do the exchanging so that the, so that their customers don't have to go to the bank and exchange their money or whatever. They, sure. They kind of take that for themselves and provide a little service that I think a, a small, uh, I mean, they charge a small, I'm sure they do. Like an extra peso or something like that.
0: Right, that makes sense. I mean, I
1: think that's a pretty cool thing, although... I
0: I guess some of the uh, the anti-immigration people are getting all upset about that, but somebody pointed out on the NHFree.com bulletin board that this is something that happens frequently on the border of Canada. There are Canadian businesses, uh, or there are American businesses on the border of Canada that take the Canadian dollars.
1: What's the big deal? Well, it's just kind of, it's irritating to me that Something like this is so controversial. I mean, this was national news. This wasn't Texas news that I was reading. I was listening to actual national radio news, and this is – I mean, you go anywhere in the world where there's people from different nationalities there, and they'll accept different currencies. Sure. You know, go to Hong Kong. Go actually to Mexico. Lots of places in oh, Mexico that's see, you, see No, no, dollars. Brent,
0: it's okay in the, in their minds if everyone else accepts dollars. It's just when yeah. uh, American businesses accept anything besides dollars, then there's a problem, yeah. apparently.
1: I don't know. So
0: is that, that ethnocentrism?
3: That, story, but that, that would kind be irritating, too.
0: Brent, thanks for sharing that with us, man. We <laughs> really appreciate hearing from you, and have a great night. 800-259-9231, the toll-free number, packet 8, toll-free line
3: you know, if somebody wants to take pesos um, in their business, they want to take Canadian dollars or they want to take uh, a lira or drachma or, or um, shekels. You should be I, able to take banana skins if you want. Y- y- a- fresh eggs, farm fresh eggs. Yeah. I, as far as I'm concerned, you can trade whatever you want for whatever service you want as long as the person, um, you know, agrees with it. Well, Now, here in America, that tends to be the case with one exception. The government's
0: money, the Federal Reserve notes, are lo- what's known as legal tender. Right. And if you read, I don't have my wallet in front of me, but if you read the text on the dollar, it actually says right there that this is to be, uh, let's see, oh, you've got one here. This note is legal tender for all debts, public and private. So it doesn't matter if your debt is in banana skins or in liberty dollars or in pesos. Here in America, the government, by force, demands that you take Federal Reserve notes for those debts. Right. So it doesn't matter what you owe me. You, sh- you, by law, are able to pay it off with Federal Reserve notes.
3: Well, it, that's true. You don't have to tr- – um, the, the law doesn't have to come into play very often because most people want Federal Reserve it's notes. It's true. Um, but that means I'm I just do. saying
0: you couldn't start your own business that only accepted Canadian dollars.
3: Right. You'd have to accept the Federal Reserve notes. What if I wanted to start a business that only did trade, um, you know, trade in uh, goods and services, Um. I wouldn't be able to do that. What about those barter connections? Do those uh do those I know you used to be involved with one down in Sarasota, Florida, back mm-hmm. when we were down there. Was there dollars involved in that at all? You had to pay um a certain annual fee. You had to pay a certain percentage on um like 15% on mm-hmm. um everything you bought. So if you bought $100 worth of uh, meals out, you had to pay 15% to the barter exchange. I see. Um and then, you know, you got to use them at the business and, and the business did um when they spent theirs, they uh, paid 15% or something like that, too.
0: And so it was converting back and forth between dollars and the barter dollars. Mm-hmm. So I guess that would have been an issue.
3: It so. was, it's good for businesses that uh, have services, particularly because, um, you know, when you're, when you're not working, then um, you might as well do something, you know, for barter rather than for cash. Right.
0: The toll-free number is 800-259-9231 on the way here tonight. In fact, I better do it now just in case we get lost in, in these other topics because I said we were going to talk about this. And we touched on gun control over the weekend on the Saturday show. I mentioned that, actually, it was uh, probably when we were filling in for uh, Jim Babka in the, Downsized DC, dis- or the uh, Downsized DC conference call yesterday. But there's a story out of Boston. The Boston Globe reporting that Boston, uh, Boston, <laughs> Boston City Councilors, law enforcement officials, and community leaders are pressing City Hall to come up with $1.5 million dollars to buy a promising acoustic gunshot detection system. Hmm. Now, this is the, one of the states in America and Boston City proper, for sure, with some of the heaviest gun control restrictions out there. Right. So you've got to ask yourself, well, gosh, with all these gun laws, why is it there so much gun violence? Why do you need an acoustic gunshot detection system throughout the city if your gun laws are so effective? Well, the sensor system would blanket 5.6 mile, uh, a 5.6 square mile swath of the city's most dangerous neighborhoods, the source of 80 to 85 percent of calls citywide reporting shots fired, and give officers a jump on arresting suspects, improve police response time to 911 calls, and possibly reduce firearm violence. Proponents say. The district attorney says he believes the technology would help prosecutors with more gun cases. And would require a relatively modest investment. It's okay, Mark. Consider an investment of your tax dollars. You're going to get a return, aren't you? I... You're going to get an 8% return on this investment, aren't you?
3: I I don't know that you're going to get
0: any return, particularly. Oh, that's right. Because it's not an investment. You're not choosing on your own to invest your own funds expecting any sort of return in the future. It's the government taking your money from you and doing what they want. Police would be able to get to the scene quickly, say they, and perhaps apprehend someone fleeing the scene or identify someone who actually saw something. Someone, uh, the uh, bureaucrat said in an interview yesterday, it would also uh, corroborate witness testimony. Now, I wonder, of course, if they're going to be installing microphones all around the city for the purposes of detecting gunshots, will these microphones be able to detect other things like nearby conversations? More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, the packet 8, toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got archives an entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the site for your downloading convenience. In fact, we just uh, uploaded the December torrent over the weekend. So now you can go and grab up the entire month of December all in one fell swoop, and it's all for free at freetalklive.com so how would you feel if you were living in a city where you knew that there were microphones everywhere in certain areas the more so called high crime areas if
3: they uh, maybe they will just install them everywhere eventually i mean yeah why not you might as well i mean if it's working it's going to it's going to be working mm-hmm. in these uh high crime areas and then well we would have to bring this everywhere
0: how do you feel if uh, you know there are microphones being monitored by police and random parts uh, points throughout the maybe if you're walking to work or something like that how many microphones might you pass by maybe a two three um,
3: how do you feel about that? Um, is it if it's okay to put them in um, on city streets and public property you know um, what about people's homes yeah, maybe there
0: there could be uh, suspected homes, certain hotspot homes where the city decides to start monitoring those homes all the time. Maybe not actually in the homes to start, but maybe by pointing one of those laser-guided audio devices at the windows. You know, if the if these yeah. lasers, they the windows rattle a little bit according to what you're speaking, the uh, the airwaves coming out of your mouth, essentially the sound waves bouncing off the window and making it rattle to the exact tune that your your voice is and so the laser gun can sort of pick that up Mm -hmm. maybe that would happen too well they're they're talking about it in boston right now they're talking about spending 1.5 million and of course that's the estimated cost at this point you and i both know mark that when governments estimate costs they usually tend to be two to three times as high i mean they really do if you look at boston's big dig you 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 need you need go no further than to see costs run out of control But they're talking about it because they believe it could help. Apparently, the gun control laws just aren't doing enough to stop all the gunfire and killings in the Boston area. So now they're going to put up microphones everywhere. Police would be able to get to the scene quickly, said the bureaucrats. Uh, They could maybe arrest someone who's fleeing the scene or identify someone who actually saw something. So that's nice. So the police um, get notice from their little automated microphone monitoring system or whatever because i doubt they're going to pay somebody to sit there all day and listen for gunshots how they could do that i don't know with all of those different microphones i'm sure it's a system of some sort it's gotta be and uh, so their little automated microphone system says beep 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 we've got gunshots at the corner of first street and main street and so they send a cop down there, and the cops, of course, are all hyped up because they think somebody's shooting, right? I mean, for all they know, it was uh, a trash compactor dropping a garbage can on the ground or something like
3: that, you know, something that could maybe sound like gunshots, maybe a backfiring vehicle. You, you know? don't hear too many backfiring vehicles these days, but you never know what yeah. one of these microphones is going to pick up and call a gunshot. So some gunshot, go ahead. You know, then, then the cops show up with, uh, you know, ready, to, ready with their guns ready right. um, to... Uh, to, to fire on uh, people and I'm I'll bet you I can just see a problem. Occur- I can see a problem too. Occurring. Some guy running
0: down the street happens to be going from one place to another because he's in a hurry. All of a sudden he's picked up as part of an investigation if he's not shot. City Councilor Robert Consalvo, who first proposed that Boston look into the shot spotter technology last February, said that the Mayor Menino's budget uh, is trying to find a uh, budget director is trying to find 1.5 million dollars in the current or next budget to install the system and maintain it for four years. The spokeswoman for Menino says the mayor is interested in any type of technology that can let police officers do their job safely and more effectively.
3: Notice he doesn't say any kind of technology that would uh, reduce uh, gun violence, you know, Mm. gun crimes. Because if he wanted to reduce gun crimes, he'd just lessen the gun restrictions in Boston and let people carry guns. But then again, this is the
0: same place that has billboards up. Massachusetts, they have billboards, anti-gun billboards. They hate guns in Massachusetts. Um, the government and does. they've they've even talked about. Well, you know, you've got to hate guns to some extent if you live there. Either either that, or you have to hate yourself. Well, because how you could like guns and live in a place like Massachusetts, I don't understand. It's I, like I, people that live in Jersey.
3: What are you thinking? I'm sure that <laughs> people. I'm sure that people that uh, like guns live in Massachusetts. They just. I know they just haven't gotten, out yet. Yeah, they they haven't gotten, gotten out, out yet. Yeah, they haven't gotten out yet.
0: Um, Well, anyway, so they're trying to figure out how they can uh, get to the point of purchasing this. And I suggest, well, why don't you just raise taxes? That's what you always do when you can't find the money. Oh, we can't find it. The budget's too tight. We're just going to need to raise the the taxes. And, uh, well, Boston people love that sort of thing. So they won't have a problem. City Council's new president says she supports buying the system. Uh, Said Davis and Menino told her they're interested as well. And Davis says he plans to make his recommendation within a month after department officials study how the system is working in Chicago. So, I guess they actually did do it in Chicago. I know we talked about it a while back. I don't actually remember them implementing it. I remember the uh the mayor of Chicago was talking about Oh no, ma- no he wanted to add cameras. So, I guess they'd already done the microphones in Chicago. Maybe that's old old news at this point. And so it was last year that they were talking about adding cameras to every corner In the city of Chicago. So there you go. Logical next step, Mark. They did the mics. Cameras were next. Right there. This is good. It's good and everything that we can hear the gunshots, but it'd be better if we could actually see the criminals running away. Robocop's on his way. You know what? You're right about that. They're working on robots right now. I mean, the company that makes the Roomba, you know, that little guy that you've got who dusts your floors and stuff? Yeah, he's great. He is great. But unfortunately, that company manufactures robots for the military. Like I think that's probably one of the reasons why they're so affordable. They're probably getting subsidies from the U.S. military, mm. and uh, that's that may be one reason why they can only they they only need to charge a couple hundred bucks for the Roomba, because they're making it elsewhere. Yeah, and so that true. that doesn't make me feel too good. I don't feel too warm and fuzzy about that company. But uh, you can bet that the police are are hiring these companies as well. They already have certain police robots. And they already have robots for the military that can be remote controlled and fire on people and all sorts of things.
3: I mean, we're probably not more than twenty years away from a RoboCop. It's disturbing. And then what do you do when the uh, RoboCops make a mistake and uh, mow somebody down? Oh my! Yeah. Decommission them? Keep... Oh well, it'll just change the programming. Don't worry. Well, these are these are robot police, and we're going to protect them. Oh boy. Well, I'm just. I, what do they do with the regular police that uh, make mistakes? <laughs> I don't know, man, but I want to know if you would feel
0: more safe knowing that there were microphones installed around your city. Or better yet, would you feel better if there were cameras? Maybe cameras and microphones together. How about cameras, infrared scanning? Like, (laughs) how many more things can we throw into the mix here?
3: You know, anything that they can come up with to spend money on. They'll go for it.
0: The toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. I'm looking through this article here. Okay, the system relies on a network of sensors roughly the size of a coffee can that by triangulating can locate gunfire from as far as one and a half miles away within seconds, according to its manufacturer. It's so sensitive that and sophisticated that it can isolate gunshots from other sounds and can even distinguish between shots fired from different kinds of weapons, says the company. Once the sensors confirm a gunshot, the system immediately notifies police dispatchers who can then alert nearby officers. Reports of gunshots can be wildly inaccurate as to their source. Sometimes they aren't anywhere near where the callers say or turn out to not be gunshots at all. Boston finished last year with 74 homicides, 54 from gunshot wounds. The figure for 2005 was 75 slayings, a 10-year high, 51 of them with a firearm. So that's what they're looking at, and I want to know if anybody supports it. I doubt it, but if you do, 800-259-9231, on the way! There's a little bit of an email that we had over the weekend, we didn't get to finish, and it's so good, I want to finish it. On the way, it's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free. 800-259-9231. That is the packet 8 toll-free line for you. 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got updates. Get signed up for the updates and we'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Updates.freetalklive dot com to get on the list. That is updates.freetalklive dot com. And what's your liberty issue? Perhaps it's the war on drugs. Register now for the february two thousand seven New Hampshire Liberty Forum. Speakers include Jack Cole, the Executive Director of Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, and Rob Campia, Executive Director of the Marijuana Policy Project, as well as New Hampshire residents who are working to end. The War on Drugs, freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum for more information. That's freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. As we go to the phones, to the amplifier line, and Matt in Illinois, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark.
4: Good evening, gentlemen. How are
0: you? Good evening. What's on your mind?
4: Uh, On Saturday, you were talking to a gentleman, a a Korean War veteran,
0: Mm -hmm. who
5: was
4: talking about how he had, had been against the war when it started and was for the war after it started to... And he was talking
0: about sure. the, uh, the Iraq War, the current uh, conflict over there.
4: Yes, yes, he was talking about he was for the Iraq War. He was against the Iraq War, then he was for it.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, I just wanted to make mention that there's a gentleman that I work with who's 86 years old. He's a World War II veteran, and he was very much against the Iraq War and still is. Excellent. Uh, he's, he's very liberty-minded, and um, I just wanted to make mention of that because this guy who was an old guy kept asking you guys how old you were as if only young people were uh, involved
0: in liberty issues. That's not true. He was taking you know, all kinds of cheap shots. He I, said Mark didn't do anything productive with his life.
3: You know, my good good lord, he, he said I, my jobs weren't productive. I Apparently put, you're I only put,
0: productive if you're in the military. Mark.
3: I washed people's dishes as a dishwasher. I put roofs on houses in my younger days. I, I worked at a convenience store. I mean, that seems productive to me. Um, they weren't great jobs by any stretch of the imagination. When I went finally went out and started selling... Uh, uh, radio advertisement. That's when I really started making money. You're but
0: producing more at every one of those jobs than anyone in the
3: military ever produced. As far as I'm concerned. And, you know, the the age issue, I really should have had this one ready. Um, when he asked me how old I was, well, older than Thomas Jefferson when he wrote the Declaration of Independence <laughs> and older than Jesus Christ when he died on the cross for your sins.
4: Well, well there you go. Uh, you've had a very eclectic professional life.
3: Yeah, I've done uh, a lot of different uh, things, just like a lot of people have
4: right i've I've done a lot of different things myself, but um I just I thought that was worth mentioning um because you know you, you, I, you hear a lot of the people from Florida who are calling in on Saturday night, and a lot of them seemed seem older, but there are older people with with liberty mindsets. Oh sure are there are out
0: there. absolutely i've met I've met some of them as well, but when you're a, a former New Yorker who's retired in Florida, there's a good chance that you don't have much of a liberty mindset, and that's where that guy was from. He was from New York, and so that pretty much said it all. Very good. Okay, Matt, well, anything else? That's it. Thanks, dude. No, Take it easy. 800 259 the packet 8 toll-free line. You know, I love the fact that he just sort of... I, I can't stand that... I, what is it, ageism? Is that the word for that? Where people just sort of look down on you because you're either older or younger? I mean, I think that's so totally unfair. There are people of different uh, mindsets and different belief systems at all ages. It, I think it's just as ignorant for young people to look down on old people as it is for old people to look down on young people. Do I? I do think it happens more often the latter that is older people looking down on younger people oh well i've been here 75 years remember he said he was 75 i've been here 75 years as though that means that you've uh, for some some reason become more knowledgeable and exper- i mean maybe you've got more
3: experience in certain areas but it doesn't make you smarter it well, really doesn't let's let's talk about fact and logic let's talk about logic and facts let's not talk about your age and experience on mm-hmm. the planet um you know as as far as that goes then you know if then a 76-year-old, everything they say is more important than what he says. Absurd. I mean, it is absurd. At some point or another, you hit dementia, and, uh, I mean, are are we going to listen to them, too? (laughs) Look, our founding fathers decided that uh, somebody was old enough at 35 to be president of the United States of America. Mm -hmm. I'm 35. 35. I'll be 36 next year, or um, in February. Uh, Don't you have to
0: be 25 to be a representative?
3: Yes, you're old enough to be a representative. I'm old enough to be president seems to me we're old enough to have valid opinions about our lives.
0: Yeah, well, it wasn't just about our lives. It was about the Iraq War. His suggestion was that, well, because we hadn't been in the military, because that was another factor. Not only were we young, Mark, but we also weren't military-bred. And uh, because we weren't in the military, that meant that we didn't have, uh, we shouldn't be giving out opinions about war. Because only people who've served time can have opinions about war, which is equally absurd. It is equally, very absurd. So, there. 800 259 I don't know where else to go with that I
3: don't know one. what to do with it either. I mean, oh. it's, it's, it's a ludicrous line of thinking. Speaking
0: so. of the military, though, I stumbled across this during the break. According to CBS and the AP, a United States Air Force gunship has conducted a strike against suspected members of al-Qaeda in Somalia. Isn't that nice? If you're a suspected member of al-Qaeda, you get attacked with a gunship now. <laughs> CBS News national security correspondent David Martin reports exclusively, of course, the targets included uh, the senior al-Qaeda leader in East Africa and an al-Qaeda operative wanted for his bombings or involvement in the 1998 bombings of the two American embassies in Africa, according to David Martin. Uh, Those terror attacks killed more than 200 people. The AC-130 gunship is capable of firing thousands of rounds per second, and sources say a lot of bodies were seen on the ground after the strike. But there is as yet no confirmation of the identities. The gunship flew from its base in Djibouti, Djibouti, Djibouti? I don't know, down, this, down to the southern tip of Somalia, Martin reports, where the Al Qaeda operatives have, had fled after being chased out of the capital of Mogadishu by Ethiopian troops backed by the United States. Once they started moving, the Al Qaeda operatives became easier to track, and the U.S. military started preparing for an airstrike using unmanned aerial drones to keep them under surveillance and moving the aircraft carrier Eisenhower out of the Persian Gulf towards Somalia. When the order was given, the mission was assigned to the AC-130 gunship operated by the Special Operations Command. Now, of course, up until recently, Somalia was a pretty much government-free zone. Uh, Though I did read recently that, I guess, the Ethiopian military or something like that, like they mentioned in this article, the U.S. military's backing has come in there, and they're attempting to set up another government
3: restore order
0: yeah so this is this is restoring order that is uh, turning
3: a gunship loose on suspected al-Qaeda well they do have um government in somalia they have uh, these warlords um that control you know essentially gangs that uh, control different sections sections of the country and city um and generally they seem to be leaving people alone i'm sure that they um you know they they get what they want mm-hmm. but uh, all in all, there's no zoning restrictions, and there's some advantages there. Apparently, they have some of the best cell phone coverage in uh, the world.
0: You know, Mark, we talk about getting government out of people's lives, and you label me as you know a bit extreme when I talk about having no government whatsoever. And you point out that if you don't have government, eventually somebody's going to come in and try to strong-arm everybody and take over, um, grab whatever reins of power exist, or um, create their own and just essentially foist their own system onto everybody and it seems like that actually may be the case, um, but unfortunately, the government that we have to fear in that case is the United States government. There's no other government that's <laughs> in the world right now. There's no other government that's uh, invading government-free countries or government-free zones. Ethiopia and, uh, is. and destroy well with the United States backing. Uh, I'm doing sure that it with
3: the U.S. Yeah, they probably would have tried it anyway. i um, you know just being right there next door, it's opportunity to uh, ex- expand their influence. That all kind of all
0: I'm saying is it seems like the only country that we really have to fear as far as doing that sort of thing is our own. We're the ones that are going around throwing our weight around the world. We're the ones um, moving gunships and other battle stations into other people's waters. I think a gunship in- is an
3: aircraft. Oh, really? Yes, it is. Oh, okay. Uh, I guess you're right about that. AC-130, right? C-130, yeah. Uh, AC-130. AC-130, yes. yeah. right, gunship. Um, it's a air, big airplane, big gun. Um, you know, I, I agree with you that we should have our troops home. Um, governments are, are that way. They're going to want to establish governments. They to, to them, a world without a government or a country without a government is a country without order. This is a completely lawless place and it can't exist. We shouldn't be over there. Um, if Somalis want a government, they will figure out how to have one. Sure they will. Just like we did here, and, and we should be working on our own government, getting it – in line and in, um, in control than uh, over there working on there.
0: And it's so easy to bomb from the skies, but it's when they get the boots mm. on the ground that things get a little bit more complex like they did in Somalia in the 1990s and yeah. are currently today in Iraq. 800-259-9231 is the packet 8 toll-free so line for you. You can take control of the airwaves. Coming up, a marijuana claim rejected. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. The packet 8 toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site there, completely free. We uh, do give them away, and we do ask that you voluntarily support the show in return. By buying some stuff at store.freetalklive.com. we got Free Talk Live branded merchandise like hats and t-shirts. Uh, we've also got classic archive collections on DVD sets. Uh, there's more, store.freetalklive.com. Also, you can shop at amazon.freetalklive.com. Get virtually anything you might need to buy in life and feel good because not only are you getting a good deal and free super saver, ship, uh, free super saver shipping on most purchases... But you're also helping Free Talk Live because a percentage of your sale will go to Free Talk Live if you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. We'll get to the marijuana story here in a moment, but I wanted to highlight one other important point about what happened in Somalia today. Apparently, again, they shot down with an AC-130 gunship some suspected members of Al-Qaeda. And the operative term is, of course, suspected. Now... We've pointed out before that the behavior of the U.S. military around the world is indicative of how it is that the United States government officials, your elected representatives, George Bush and the rest of them, would like to have things here in this country. I mean, man, they would sure as heck love it if they didn't have to go through any of those court trials anymore. Those things cost money and time, and boy, it sure would be easier if we could just eliminate all the suspected criminals here in the United States. That's what, they're do, that's what they're doing around the world. If you're a suspect, pow, you get <laughs> shot. There's no trial. We don't even we're not even bothering with military tribunals anymore. Just take them out, and that's what they would like to see here in the United States. That's why you saw the uh, 2006 Military Commissions Act last year, which essentially made it completely legal what they'd done to Jose Padilla. And what they could do to you, they made it. Uh, they made a special category that doesn't qualify as a uh, full citizen. It doesn't qualify you for uh, treatment under the Bill of Rights. It essentially exempts you. So if they label you as uh, this category, then uh, unidentified enemy combatant or something like that. I forget the exact term, and the terms aren't really that important. But if they label you this, they can pick you up, throw you in a military brig, um, give you a military tribunal, no lawyer no public trial and then do who knows what with you
3: afterwards and no guarantee that you even get to attend your own trial or that you get to see any evidence that's brought against you
0: right these are things that are going on in Iraq and now you can see where the next step is the next step is is if you cross their lines or something you know you've crossed something that makes them believe that you're a suspected member of al-Qaeda
3: somebody says you
0: are right all they have to do is label you that and then you see news articles about how the how they're being blown up as though the judge jury executioner right there in the uh the hands of the drones uh, the drone aircraft well, that are flying around. It's not a drone. I understand. They did actually track them with drones for a while and oh, then see. they flew in with the C130 or the AC130 and and bombed the heck out of them. Anyway, back to the uh the story in Somalia according to The AP CBS residents in a coastal seaport some 90 miles northeast of Ras Kamboni said they saw wounded Ethiopian soldiers being loaded onto military helicopters for evacuation, considering there have been skirmishes that have been going on throughout Somalia, because, as you might imagine, the Somalis don't really care much for the Ethiopian invaders. Uh, Quote, I've seen about 50 injured Ethiopian troops being loaded onto a military chopper, said one man. Uh, Somali officials said the Islamic movement's main force is bottled up uh, at the southernmost tip of the country, cut off from escape at sea by patrolling U.S. warships and across the Kenyan border by the Kenyan military. In Mogadishu, Somalia's president made his first visit to the capital since taking office in 2004. During the unannounced visit, I wonder why they didn't announce it. Think there might be some unhappy people that would have greeted him? Uh, He was uh, Mr. Abdullah Abdullah Hai Yusuf was expected to meet with traditional Somali elders to stay at the former presidential palace that had been occupied by warlords for 15 years. According to the government spokesperson, the U.S. officials warned after September 11th that attacks uh, attacks that extremists with ties to al-Qaeda operated a training camp at Ras Kamboni and that al-Qaeda members were believed to have visited it. Three al-Qaeda suspects wanted in the 1998 bombings of U.S. embassies in East Africa are believed to be leaders of the Islamic movement. They deny having any links to al-Qaeda. Somalia's government had struggled to survive since forming with backing from the United Nations two years ago and was under attack by the Islamic militia when Ethiopia's military intervened on December 24th and so-called turned the tide. But many in predominantly Muslim Somalia resent the presence of troops from neighboring Ethiopia, which, was, which has a large Christian population. The country's fought two brutal wars, the last in 1977. On Sunday, gunmen attacked Ethiopian troops, witnesses said, sparking a firefight and the second straight day of violence in the capital of Mogadishu. So can you see why the president hasn't actually been in the capital yet? Well, it's dangerous.
3: <laughs> yeah. Very, very dangerous.
0: Right. So the, he's not really a president that's actually recognized by anyone except for a select group of Somalis, and the United States. Right. And the United Nations. Well, The United the States. rest of Somalia, uh, the rest of the Somalis would like him to go take a walk off a short pier. So it'll be interesting to see how this one turns out. This particular attempt at a government uh, in Somalia. Because it doesn't seem to me like they want it. It
3: doesn't sound like it to me. and It doesn't sound like uh, the Somalis are too upset with their lot in life. Um, apparently, uh, this lawlessness suits them. Otherwise, they would have left, right? I mean, they would have packed up their belongings and...
0: Left. Well, I don't know. What Ethiopia. You mean to like Ethiopia or someplace? Kenya?
3: I don't know if they want the Somalis there. What, what, what are they standing on the border? I mean. They, they, they just said the Canyons Ken- were on the border. Hmm. So. I would I don't think know. that they would find some place to go.
0: Well, they're okay with it. Yeah. They don't mind. The tribalism is fine f- uh, with the Somalis. It's just certain outside forces like the United Nations and the United States that insist upon imposing a, gov- uh, imposing a government on these people. It's sick. Seems like it to me. Anyway, let's get uh, to another government-related story where uh, some people apparently tried to use an excuse to use marijuana? with Religious exemption?
3: What happened, Mark? Um, It says, last week, a federal judge in New Mexico rejected Arizona couples' claim that their possession, use, and distribution of marijuana is protected by the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. Dan and Mary Quaintance? Um, who were picked up in February near Lordsburg, New Mexico, with 172 pounds of pot, hmm. are the founders of the Pima-based Church of Cognizance, which follows the strito With good thoughts, good words, and good deeds, we honor marijuana. As the <laughs> really? I, I, you I thought you were I'm making, making that this up. crap up. No, oh, okay. as the teacher, the provider, and the protector. Wow. I'm not sure what marijuana is going to protect you against. Last summer, I La coma. Pred- right. Uh, this this is a, uh, a, a blog entry post from uh, uh, Jacob Solom. Okay. Uh, so, so he says, last summer I predicted the Quiences R F R A defense would not fare well because marijuana is so popular that the idea of allowing members of their church to use it arouses plausible fears of diversion of prolif- proliferating. Uh, um, this is the Freedom of Religion Act. Meaning um, that everybody would all of a sudden join that church. Suddenly, yes. Claims from suddenly religious pot smokers. Given that fact, I thought punishing the acquaintances who face up to 40 years in prison could oh boy. easily be deemed the last least restrictive means of serving a com, um, compelling state interest, as uh, Freedom of Religion Act requires for laws that impinge on religious freedom. But the U.S. District Judge Judith Herrera, <laughs> Did not um, even go that far. Instead, deciding that the Queen Tense's um, neo Zoroastrian faith is phony and uh, a cover for smoking and selling pot. Defendants That's outrageous. I, I have to say, it really is. I mean, How, who is she to say that their religion is any less valid than anyone else's? I, I, you know, it may very well be phony, but who the hell is she to say? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It seems phony to me. But then again, I look at most religions, I think phony. phony. Yep. <laughs> so defendants cannot avoid prosecution for legal conduct simply by transforming their lifestyle choices into a religion, she wrote. Although some church members may just be in it for the pot, the acquaintances whose trial is scheduled to begin in January the 16th seem pretty sincere to me. They've been um, open about their uh, religion since the fa- founding it in 1991, Filing a declaration of religious sentiment with the uh, Gorham hmm. County uh, Recorder's Office, maintaining a website, and issuing certificates to the uh, couriers who distribute marijuana to the couriers who distribute marijuana to the church's members. Huh. If they wanted, um, all they wanted to do was smoke pot and sell pot. They'd gone about it, um, gone out of their way to call attention to themselves for no apparent reason.
0: Yeah, that's that's interesting because um, if they were just out selling pot, I could see that like maybe they would have had their little religion thing ready to go. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, wait a minute. You can't arrest us. We're a religion. Well, I mean, they've actually established it here for 15 years now.
3: Yeah. yeah. As, as for the quantities involved, 172 pounds, assuming it was a year's supply, amounts to a couple of joints per day for each member in Arizona. Mm-hmm. The Quaintensons say there are about 50 in the state, which is not out of bounds for religious use, um, to judge by the Rastafarians. but perhaps- Are they charging for it, I wonder? I, I don't know. Like, I wonder if they were making major profits, or
0: were they selling it at cost? That would also be an interesting factor. It would Not be... that the judge would care. No, she wouldn't care. She's just a bitch. Away. 800-259-9231. <laughs> just a power-hungry sicko, like a re- like the rest of the people in government. 1-800-259-9231. The Packet 8 toll-free line for you. On the way, hour number two... And we're going to finish the Thought Police email that we started over the weekend. It's good stuff. On the way, you take control. This is your show, Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're kicking off hour number two, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231, the packet eight. Toll free line for you, Ian here with you. And Mark. That number again, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there on the house, completely free. That again, freetalklive.com. I was just searching around uh, the internet during the news break, Mark, and I found a story. I'm not going to read it, uh, but I wanted to just share the concept it was about this uh speaker of the house nancy pelosi mm-hmm. she's been getting a lot of press recently obviously first woman speaker of the house blah 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 well this person uh, ellen goodman writing an article about how nancy is such a she's such a role model she's a role model for people for children and it just uh it kind of sickens me when politicians of both male and female persuasion, politicians in general, are held up in the in the news media as being their role models, kids, you should be politicians when you grow up. This is a career for anybody who loves America. And well, if, if- politicians
3: did what they were supposed to do, which is serve the people and uh, you know uh, protect the rights of Americans, keep government kind of
0: small, defend freedom, yeah, yeah
3: the Constitu- you know, do what the Constitution says. Um, then they might very well be somebody who um, would be a role model worthy of respect. I can see how you're... But instead, you're what they seem to be is power-hungry. Um, you, know, you know, They're tools of the lobbyists. Mm-hmm. Um, they just get away with doing whatever they want, and people um, laud them for it. They continue, yes. It doesn't seem to matter how despicable
0: politicians behave. They, they keep getting passes from the American people. They do. And then after they die, as we saw with uh, Gerald Ford uh, last week or two weeks ago, then everybody gets all upset. Oh, we've lost a great man. Oh, Nancy Pelosi, she's so great. She's a role model for kids. And I think it's important for us here on Free Talk Live to fight this as uh, much as we possibly can, this sickness that Americans have their obsession with uh, believing that politicians are somehow good people Simply because the, the article from Ms. Goodman talks about how, uh, oh, well, she's a mom, too, and she makes <laughs> cookies and stays home with the kids and does mom things, and that's just great. She must be a great person because she's a good mom. And you know what? Maybe she is a great mom. Maybe she is. Maybe she is, and she should stick to being a mom. And uh, other politicians should stick to doing something productive with their time and their life instead of going to Washington, D.C. and passing more laws to create bigger government to intrude upon all of our lives. It's disgusting to me, this worship that this country has for politicians. They do nothing. They're parasites on the economy. I was looking at uh, Free Keene. We launched a, a, a blog recently, and I don't think I've actually mentioned it on this show yet. It's intended for people that live here in uh, Keene, New Hampshire, but you, you're welcome to visit it anyway. It's freekeene.com, and one of our contributors on the blog, it's a multi-user blog, one of our contributors recently wrote about the, um, the payments, uh, the, how much, what the, the size of the paychecks of the bureaucrats here in town and it's something like three times as much as the average american makes like the bureaucrats really? here are making 90,000 bucks a year wow and the average american i think's making 36 33 something like that and it just shows this discrepancy this really totally extra market discrepancy in pay scales the government's paychecks and that doesn't even include the benefits I'm talking about just yearly payment. I'm not wow. even including. And everybody uh, knows all the that, perks. Uh,
3: that, 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 that the bureaucrats themselves, they get really great benefits.
0: Yes, uh, they get like lifetime benefits even after they're off the job. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And so just pointing out the discrepancy between people, even though there's obvious problems with uh, the government and these bureaucrats, even though they bend Americans over and fleece them um, for all kinds of cash, we still treat them as though they're special. We treat them as though they're great people that they we, they should be vaunted and worshiped and respected. This is a respected office. You should respect the president of the United States. Forget about it. I have no respect for people that want to use violence on others. And I have I have as I have as much respect for a, a common thug on the street as I do any politician. And it's disgusting to me. And that's all. I just wanted to share that. 800-259-9231. And it sort of ties into this email that we got over the weekend uh, that we started actually on the Saturday show, but it was so lengthy and we got a bunch of calls and we didn't actually get to finish it. This sort of worship of politicians ties into the attitude that one of our listeners experienced. He went out to a bar. I believe it was in California. He went out to a bar and he met a girl there who was in the Navy, is in the Navy. And she started talking about how she believes in the Iraq War, and she's third-generation Navy, and she thinks that uh, she thinks that Americans should be behind the war effort. She thinks that when you vote for the commander-in-chief, you should just go in and do whatever he wants without asking questions and blah, blah, blah. Just, the of, just a typical American parrot well, for sounds, the government.
3: Sounds like a vassal um, serving her king.
0: Really? In fact, she also said, um, and this is the part we're going to pick up the story on, is that she believes that Americans have now become intoxicated with freedom. Mm. And that, to her, is a big problem. And so Anthony, our emailer, asked her, well, what do you mean by intoxicated with freedom? She said something to the effect of... Americans are complaining that their freedoms are being taken away, when in reality, we have more freedom than we know what to do with, and now the military who provides that freedom is being criticized. Then she really proceeded to put me in my place. Remember, she's the one that approached me and started up this conversation. She explained to me that the military and George Bush are giving democracy to the people of Iraq. And then she said, we had a right to declare war against Iraq because of what happened on 9-11 and how all those innocent Americans died. But she didn't stop there. She then asked me how I could ignore that innocent American journalists were being killed in Iraq. She wanted to know how I could ignore the loss of innocent American life like that. She wanted to know how I could stand there and question our presence in Iraq. She wanted to know how I could possibly disagree with it and still call myself an American. (laughs) She was getting really emotional and worked up at this point. Of course, the inevitable question I would ask would be, well, if... I mean, I am upset about the Americans being killed in Iraq, but aren't you upset about the hundreds of thousands of Iraqis being killed in Iraq? Probably she wouldn't be, because those people are less than people. Mm. If they're not Americans, then they're not real people, are they? Well, this is when I remembered the brainwashing that the state did to young children in George Orwell's 1984. I started thinking about how the thought police got hold of everyone's child at an early age and began indoctrinating them with the state's propaganda. The children were rewarded for turning in so-called thought criminals. And I remembered how this training included reporting their own parents and siblings, if necessary, to maintain the security and integrity of the state as we pointed out, that's something that's starting to happen here in the United States with programs like D.A.R.E. and these snitch programs uh, to snitch on your neighbors for zoning violations. Anthony says, I thought to myself how this young girl had been brainwashed at such an early age by both her parents' ideology and the United States' military. And I began to get angry. Not at her, but at groups of thugs like the Bush crime family, the neocons, and the Democrats. They'd all played a part in corrupting this once innocent girl. Her heart was now filled with their hate- and their distrust, and their fear. She was now spewing the hate towards me, inches from my face, and poking it into my chest. It occurred to me that she might do this sort of thing almost every day. After all, I was a complete stranger, and she had approached me. It was almost as if she needed her daily dose of hate spewing in doublespeak. It was almost like a depraved spiritual experience for her. (laughs) Hate had become her religion, Mark, her salvation. Up until this point, I'd tried to, ta- uh, to keep things light and cordial, but I could tell the conversation was already sliding down a slippery slope. I felt like all I could do was ask this young lady a few thought-provoking questions that might give her something to mull over a few days later. Or maybe plant a couple of seeds uh, that could someday sprout through the top layer of the soiled ignorance and hatred that had, for the moment, completely buried her ability to think clearly. So I asked her, When did we actually declare war in Iraq? And, as far as I know, we haven't even done that yet. If it, is just, uh, if it is such a just war, shouldn't we get the stamp of approval from the American people? Shouldn't we have a Congress declare war on Iraq? You know, that's what the Constitution says. That's what they call for. She Didn't quickly corrected it. me. What are you talking about? She exclaimed, we have declared war. No. Didn't you know that?
3: No, sorry, you're mistaken.
0: I, do you think they're telling the troops that they've declared war? I, I can't is it imagine just because they keep
3: calling in a war that the troops presume that we've declared war. That's it seems to be what uh, what, what the people in general are, uh, believe is that we have a war in Iraq, but we don't. A war is a uh, legal definition and we don't have one. I
0: explained to her that she might have been misinformed and that in fact the United States has not made any formal declaration we of war. We haven't declared
3: war since, since 1940 World war II. W- what, 1941.
0: But she has a response for that and we'll share it with you on the way. I'm 800-259-9231. More with the crazy Navy lady. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You bring up whatever you want, toll-free, 800-259-9231, the packet 8. Toll-free line for you, that's 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, and that does include live streams. There's a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version for you, both on the house, freetalklive.com.
3: How close were the philosophies of Nietzsche and the Nazis? Check out the fascinating new DVD by Dr. Stephen Hicks, available at Laissez-faire Books. How did the Nazis come to power in one of the most educated, civilized countries in the world? And was Nietzsche's a philosophy part of the inspiration? Check out this and many other books and videos on liberty at LFB.com. laissez Books, LFB.com.
0: That's an easy website. Yeah, they a really worried. got a
3: sweet, sweet website. I was that, worried people would have to spell
0: you fair.
3: Right. Uh, <laughs> I. Uh, it's a good thing that I get the catalog, otherwise I wouldn't know how to spell it.
0: All right. So uh, we're talking about an email that we got uh, over the weekend from Anthony. He had gone to a bar, met a young lady, and struck up a com. She struck up the conversation and started asking him questions about who he voted for and the war in Iraq and. And then uh, when he told her the truth, and that was that he voted for the Libertarian, she was really confused. She didn't know there was someone else you could vote for, and uh, she. And when he told her that he was against the war in Iraq, she got really upset. And it continued. Uh, the conversation just continues to spiral down from here uh, as we continue the story.
3: Can you believe somebody doesn't even know that third parties exist?
0: Yes, I can believe that. I can't. And uh, so he said to her. Well, why did we actually de- when did we actually declare war in Iraq? He points out that we didn't declare war in Iraq. We haven't declared war in Iraq since uh, world or war anywhere since World War II. And she denied it. She said she then assured me that President Bush had declared war and he'd done it three days after 9/11.
3: Yes, but <laughs> President Bush can't declare war.
0: She said that she saw the speech and that he said we were going to war to get revenge on the people responsible for crashing the airplanes into the twin towers. Now, as you may have guessed. She wasn't too happy when I tried to explain to her that in this country, at least theoretically, the president alone cannot declare war. I explained that both houses of Congress must debate such a harsh, invasive, and deadly and costly action as uh, waging a war. I explained that after Congress carefully considers all the ramifications of declaring war, then they must bring the issue to a vote. I tried to briefly explain to her the balance of power concept. I implied that giving too much power to any one individual is always a bad idea... And is dangerous. Now she was really pissed. She began pointing at me again and poking on my chest even harder. She then decided to put me in my place for good this time. She explained to me
3: how much of an ungrateful traitor and coward that I was. My guess... She, he talked to her about, the, you know, just the, the separation of powers mm-hmm. and checks and balances in the Constitution. Yes. This is a member of our United States military. And she believes he's a traitor just for discussing those... That's right. The separation of powers, that the president isn't, in fact, a king or a dictator, and that makes him a traitor. That's weird. He says, my guess is that I didn't provide
0: her with the type of conversation she was hoping for when she approached me. I felt like she was disappointed to find out that even though I had a military haircut, I didn't consider myself a conservative, a Republican, or a Christian. And I think this confused her. She was also disappointed to find a complete absence of any militant bloodthirsty, neocon fetishes. I then asked, why are we attacking Iraq if Osama bin Laden was the one responsible for 9-11? She explained to me that Iraq is where Osama bin Laden's
3: terrorist base is at. What? <laughs> she doesn't even know. I asked, do There you weren't mean- any terrorists in Iraq before we went there. Don't they she- went there in order to, uh, to fight us.
0: I said, well, don't you mean Afghanistan? She said, yeah, he has bases there, too, but that doesn't matter because the whole Middle East is You'd to blame for 9-11. you think he was 9/11.
3: Cobra, the way he could just set up bases, you know? Like and, in uh, G.I. Joe? And make, and, and make strikes out. I just said, <laughs> what the hell?
0: He's, uh, she says, that doesn't matter because the whole Middle East is to blame for 9-11, and all those countries over there are really about the same anyway. We shouldn't waste time trying to separate them. They're all the same over there. They Kill all. all hate freedom. Kill them all. At this point, I could tell it was too late for me to help this girl. Mm -hmm. She had been indoctrinated into hate. She is now a permanent ward of the state. I tried to reason with her on a few other issues, but the anger and fear was just escalating, and she was having difficulty finding rational answers to my questions. I must have posed a real problem for her worldview, because she started looking at me as if she despised me. I wondered how she could despise a complete stranger so fully and completely, when all I had done was ask her a few questions. I asked her, how would it make you feel if any foreign army occupied your hometown and drove Humvees down your main street? I found out that she was from Mississippi, and she gladly explained that a foreign army could never drive down the streets of her hometown, because everyone in Mississippi would be waiting for them at the borders, so they would never get that far. I explained to her that the Iraqis tried to defend their borders as well, but it's pretty tough to do when you're up against the most powerful arsenal ever assembled in the history of mankind, the U.S. military. She didn't seem to grasp the term military-industrial complex, so I gave up and figured out that the point was moot. The conversation ended with her blowing up and poking me several more times in the chest and calling me a coward and un-American. It really frightened me to see how advanced the government indoctrination process has become. When she walked away, I felt like I wanted to run directly to some police officer, or excuse me, that she wanted to run to a police officer, and report me for the thoughts that I had revealed to her. Good Lord. For a moment, I was unsure if I, uh, sh- if I should have shared my true feelings at all. When she walked away, I noticed that she had several military friends who would come with her. I left the bar immediately, in the fear that I might get jumped by a group of her friends. I wouldn't doubt that. Who knows what she would tell her friends that I did to her. She could simply make up anything that would provoke them to teach me a lesson. Hey, he touched me on my breasts. The really sad thing about this whole incident is that she kept bragging about her military service and how much she'd done for people like me and how I had no right to question the freedoms that people like her are providing. Little did she know that I, too, am a veteran. When she asked me if I was serving in the military, I answered her truthfully by telling her no. Right, because he wasn't serving in the military. She never asked me if I had served in the past. If she'd asked me that, I would have told her currently I am a civilian. But in the past, I served on active duty for 12 years and had been deployed to Iraq three times. I was one of the lucky ones. I was able to avoid lifelong recruitment by the thought police. I was able to escape the brainwashing, and as a result, I can still make decisions for myself and view the world around me somewhat objectively. Most, apparently, aren't so fortunate. After having this conversation with the young lady, it occurred to me that the events that have occurred since 9-11 will probably have the greatest and longest-lasting impact on the youngest among us. Many of us had long since reached maturity and adulthood by 2001. Most of our uh, ideologies and belief systems were already shaped and molded by that time. But what about the 21-year-olds out there today? All they've known since they were 14 or 15 years old is hatred, distrust, big government, preemptive strikes, and the axis of evil. They have grown into uh, adulthood with mantras such as, you're either with us or against us. We have a generation of young people who actually believe that most people around the world hate freedom in our way of life. I'm not sure how open I'll choose to be in the future if another random conversation ensues with someone from a younger generation. I'm not even that old. I'm only 34. After my conversation with this young sailor, I felt as though I had looked into the eyes of the beast. And what I saw was hatred, distrust, and fear. What I did not see was compassion, understanding, or tolerance. I think what I really saw was a young graduate of the Thought Police State University, fresh out of academia, and now eager to begin serving her master
3: in the real world. Of course, her master's the government. You know, it's really disturbing. And... I just can't imagine what he could have said that would have possibly derailed this. Not a damn thing. No, it just sounds that like. That woman is fully indoctrinated. And, uh, like, on a uh, vicious disciplinary, or, excuse me, discipleship. She, she wants to spread the she's word She's a true of the believer big state. in the
0: state. 800 259 9231. And who knows how many out there are like her? This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. You take control. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free. 800-259-9231 is the packet 8 toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All of the features there completely free, including the wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com. It's like the listener editable version of our website. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com to see what it's all about. And Get registered now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, February 23rd through the 25th. Meet libertarian superstars like John Stossel, Michael Badnarik, and many more, the most influential libertarians in America will be there, freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. For more information, that's freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. As we go to the phones, let's talk to Dave in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark.
6: Howdy, y'all. Hey, what's hey, on your mind, Dave? Hey, it uh, sounds like the woman uh, sailor was like a reminiscence of of brown shirts or something like that. It really that. does,
7: doesn't yeah, it? Doesn't it does. <laughs> yeah,
6: and then there's a, the hatism... With their hateaholics, they got a new uh addiction now is is the border you know they mm-hmm. I see and they're they're hating the wrong people. I see a, a common tie here and it's the government this this uh woman uh sailor got this hate going because she was the government is so good and and that guy was questioning mm-hmm. the government and you don't question the government. And these people that are mad at all the Mexicans coming, they're mad at the Mexicans, but why are they coming? Because the government's letting them come. See, they're afraid that these haters are actually cowards, are the cowards, because they they can't question the government.
0: It's true, and you know what the other point is, uh, and I think you're on to something here, Dave, and that is that what the government does... And government's very, very good at very few things. It's
6: against one
0: another. That's exactly what it does. It takes interest
6: groups. And that's what the love thing is all about, because if you love the one around you and love your neighbor, there ain't nobody going to do you no harm. And the one doing the harm, we're going to know who's the evil one.
0: And unfortunately, government is so effective at and covering girl, it up. If she
6: wanted to, she—if she wanted to, she would have started beating that guy up. Like she, like the guy said, he yeah. said that he was—he had to get the high tail because he, he was going to probably get cornered. He
0: probably would have a bunch of angry drunk uh, another bunch of drunken Marines. Oh, well, right. I was
6: a, I was a Marine, and 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 I'm one of the most patriotic people you could ever ever meet. I believe you know, it, be, Dave. And 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 she and and that That lady was acting Nazi,
0: yeah, she really was, and she's not the only one, and I think you're absolutely on to something about how the government turns people against one another. You see it every day in in little ways too, like and, for and instance it'll turn the, the the homosexuals against the Christians and, and,
6: and what 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 comes out of it laws that places more chains on us it's true. Yep, one group,
0: one group lobbies it, the government to create laws to control another group, and then the other group gets angry because they've been controlled, so they lobby to get the government to control another group, and it's just it's one group after I another turning like, the guns of the state against each
6: other. I see it like this, kind of. If the world was only five square acres, only 25 people in the world, each one gets an acre, and they all put up fences and tell nobody could come over this fence, you just placed yourself in prison. And it's time to move these lines on the ground that people are dying over for no reason at all mm-hmm. because of economics and the, and the control of the government over us and, and these politicians that make a living off of placing chains on us. And you, were, you hit on it in the beginning. These politicians, these worship people that, that worship the politicians yep. are, are just sheep. And and being placed in prison. Yep, they're they're not thinking for themselves.
0: And the reason why they aren't thinking for themselves is because the government school system doesn't encourage that. The government school system indoctrinates kids. that's
6: the parents' fault, too, because they they should be demanding more education from the system, but they're too worried about chasing the dollar. Well, you
0: can't demand education from from a broken system. I mean, what they should be doing is demanding the government get out of education so they can truly have a free market in education, but unfortunately the parents were raised by the government, too, so it's understandable that they're completely indoctrinated.
6: You know, another common thread through all of this is insurance companies. If you think about it, the best customer to the insurance company is the government because they have the most employees. There's like 52% of the population works for the government indirectly or directly. Yeah. Right? So the, And you say they get all them uh, benefits, right?
0: Yeah, they get um, an absurd amount of benefits. So
6: who, So for the government to get the deal from the insurance company because they got the most employees, they're kowtowing to what the insurance companies tell them. They're in cahoots.
0: Well there certainly we certainly know that they're in cahoots with a variety of different industries and, and uh, it's what the go- money
6: behind it all the petrol dollar.
0: It's what uh, it's and what we the government go buy allows. It
6: tomorrow we're going to go buy gallons of it. So we're all like kind of crazy complaining about this system when we perpetuate it ourselves. It's true, Dave. Thank you, thank you for the call, stop man. It, you pull your money out of the bank.
0: Well, it's tough to do that, you know. It's tough to operate in this world. The system has been set up so effectively that if you want to operate without having money in the bank, it, it can be very difficult. It's doable. Well,
6: then you're perpetuating the whole thing, you're man, right, because you're right. that's what it's all based on.
0: It's doable, but it takes a lot of courage man. for people well, to step man, out of the system. It takes people
6: working, man, and we forgot. We're so hooked on this superficial life existence, this lifestyle, this superficial existence of life that we've created. We forgot what it is to... To work. Well, true. What we... the world really needs is an asteroid to hit it, man. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and then everybody's gonna have to go back to work to survive and, and remember well, what our forefathers had to do to build such a great. Well, now there there are a lot of so people we working. Talk like we talk.
0: Dave, there are a lot of people working, and they're working very hard. It's just that they're spoiled with the the, uh, the things that they have in life, and they don't well, want to I put it on the know. line. They
6: think work is sitting down at a computer all day for For some people, hours. it is. It ain't. Go, well. go. Now, Dave, I'll,
0: I'll come to the defense of people that sit on computers. In, in today's economy, in well, the information... No, they
6: gotta, it, what, so they got to go jump on a bicycle for 10 in, hours. In the information
0: right economy, Dave, it's it's okay. They are doing jobs, and they're doing important jobs. However, and I understand you don't use the Internet a lot, so you don't really realize how many how many jobs are tied up in the world of the Internet. There's a lot of wealth being created there. But I think that something that you're sort of touching on, um, but not really fully um, hitting, is the fact that Americans are just so satisfied with all the wonderful things that they have got yeah,
6: the a credit card they got us, they're, they're, they they get, the banks will give you money for anything now right and man. so they go out the and they buy big screen televisions and they time. watch TV
0: and, and, and Dave thank you for the call we appreciate it as always they sit there and they watch their television and they go to their they go to work during the daytime they come home they've got their cell phones they've got their air conditioning they've got such wonderful accoutrements that uh, this life has uh, the the wealth that has been created in this country has allowed them to have. That they don't want to put it on the line. They're too scared to put it on the line. They're too scared to step forward and uh, and do the things that Dave suggested, like you know, get rid of her bank account or get rid of their social security
3: number or step out of the system. Stop it's just, paying taxes to this evil right. uh, empire that we have. It's too comfy. Yeah, I know. I'm one of those people. Right. And it's it is too comfy. And you know, I just I'm not willing. I'm willing to fight for smaller government, but you know, it's like comfy fascism. It is. Uh, people are just okay with it. They're okay because
0: they don't feel like it's going to come down on them. They don't feel like the hammer is going to hit them. They feel like it's only going to go after the suspected terrorists and the uh, suspected Im- immigrants and the the drug dealers and and that's not going to include them. But then one day when the police come kicking through their door at three in the morning, that's when it all comes crashing down, and they'll be lucky to get away with it with their uh, get away from it with their lives. Oh, I know the police just made a mistake, but that's when you come to the realization that. Maybe things have gotten out of control. And it's sad that that's how it has to happen for a lot of people. It has to happen where the government actually tries to screw them over. That's what helps wake a lot of people up to this. Until then, they just live in a fantasy world where they believe that the government's out there to take care of them and that the government's gonna, everything's going to be okay just as long as they stick with the government and uh, do whatever the government tells them to do. But when the government comes after you, things change, don't they? 800-259-9231, because when government makes mistakes, those are deadly mistakes in many cases.
3: The government does seem to have the, it has the monopoly on uh, violence. They're the only ones that are allowed to use violence and, uh, you know, getting their way. And and so when they make a mistake, it's it has a tendency to be a very violent mistake. Let's talk to Jason in California. You're on Free Talk Live with the Inamark.
7: Hey, thanks for having me on, guys.
0: And what's on your mind tonight?
7: Well, you know, what's on my mind tonight, you know, actually illegal immigration was brought up. And I think that one of the things that people don't look at when they think about illegal immigration is the religious demographic change that that's going to produce in the united states i want you to explain that that if you would
0: hang on we're going to bring you back i know you've been waiting patiently but hang on we'll we'll have you expound more on the way 800-259-9231 illegal immigration is it so bad after all free talk live This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up whatever you want, toll-free, 800-259-9231, the packet8.net toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Mark. That number again, 800-259-9231. You can also join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features there, completely free, and that uh, includes everything you'll find. Seriously, there's, there's not a membership area like those other radio talk show hosts. They want to charge you for access to their sites. Give it all away. That we do ask that you voluntarily support us by going and voting for the show. Head over to vote.freetalklive.com. It'll take you less than a minute. All you need is your email address. Very simple process. And it makes a big difference for us because your votes help keep us in the top ten podcasts of the world. And last time I looked, we were at number two. Yep, that's the last time I saw two. So we could be number one if you would go and vote if you've yet to do it this month. It's a once-a-month sort of thing. Head over to vote www.freetalklive.com. As we head back to the phones back to the fun to Jason in San Diego, you're back on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark.
7: Thanks for having me on. All
0: right, so you wanted um, to touch yeah, on, well, I guess, immigrants and religion So Well,
7: yes. The thing is about the illegal immigration that's occurring now is that uh, people haven't looked at it from a religious demographic point of view, and that Catholics are coming over the border into a country that more or less was created by Protestants and built on Protestant values. And so... Um, but this makes me, you know, wonder what's going to happen to this country, especially in light of Nancy Pelosi.
3: Well, why don't Nancy you tell me Pelosi some of the differences between the Catholic, Catholic. Um, you know, values and the Protestant values that you see are, are dangerous?
7: Uh, well, what I what I see is that the Catholic Church is a corrupt institution that produces corrupt political leadership. The Catholic Church is run by pedophiles. Irish wait a minute, Republican wait a minute. There are plenty of pedophiles Nazi, in the Christian Bavarian Church. Bavarian Nazis.
0: Hold on a second. There are plenty of pedophiles in the Christian Church. Wherever you have positions where ki- people can be working with kids, those attract pedophiles. So it's just that there are just happen to be some more pe- Catholic priests that happen to have been outed in that particular case.
7: What about the Irish Republican terrorists, the Italian mob, Bavarian Nazis, all of these? Groups are groups that are very powerful. There are powerful. There
0: are powerful politicians today that are Christians that are also very violent people.
7: Well, you know the point that I'm making too is that also the 20th century, the Catholic Church produced the leadership, the worst leadership the Western world had ever really seen. I mean Mussolini, Catholic; Franco, Catholic; Hitler, Catholic.
6: Hitler's Catholic. So
7: why is it politically incorrect (laughs) to point this out that the Catholic institutions produce corrupt?
6: So uh, I, take for, uh, I take it you're
7: for I take it you're for immigration
0: restrictions, Jason.
7: Well, I, I think that you know that, that when you look at it from from that point of view, that the basic you know values that this country was based on, which were Protestant values, could be eclipsed. And I think that when you look at Catholic-run countries like Mexico, like uh, the countries in Latin America, they're all corrupt, they're all poor. And I think that's because is of the, the United
0: fact States that, not that corrupt. The
7: Catholic Church is corrupt. Well, I think that it's not as corrupt, and it's definitely better to live here. Would you want to move to Argentina? Would you want to move to Mexico? Let me ask you that. I mean, do you think that that this country is so corrupt that that it's not a I, think it's place than, I think it's absurd. I think it's absurd to
0: believe that Catholics are somehow more corrupt than than uh, Protestants are.
7: Yeah, and when you take a look at Protestant institutions, produce James Madison, the man that that wrote our Constitution, mainly responsible, Thomas Jefferson. James and Madison? the Decoration of Independence. You've picked and two George deists Washington. there. These are all... Well, slow down
3: there. Slow down. Hang on. Did you hear what Mark said? What? Th- those two men, um, Thomas Jefferson and James Madison, were deists. They weren't Protestants.
7: They were brought up Protestants. Okay, well, they were no brought up Protestants, certainly. I, I that so was that's I. the thing. They are a product of Protestant institutions. And well, I think now, wait that's a minute. The also, now- the fact that even Nancy Pelosi, a woman, could be you know, you know, speaker of the house. That's something that came out of Protestantism. I mean, Protestant churches are the first churches to actually have women leading the flock. I mean, you take a look at you know the Episcopalian Church, you know uh, what if you want India, to Jason in, I mean if you, you want bla- to if you want blanket in Catholic, uh, if you want to get on the air and
0: the make city. blanket statements like you are, then we could just make the blanket statement that uh, all religion is evil, and uh, religion is what has led to the wars that uh, mankind has had over time, and so therefore we'd be better off with just a purely atheist nation, but then again, well, I would never make a claim like countries
7: that countries are richer than Catholic yeah. countries. Why is that? Why is it that countries like Great Britain you know do better than countries like say Italy? Why is that? I don't know. Italy well, seems like it does pretty of good. I Protestant values. I think that, that it's because of these institutions. Okay.
0: That, Why don't you go compare the GDP, I that, Mark? I mean, I don't really think it's going to be that threat. different.
7: People are not looking at the Catholic threat.
0: So what do you want to do about all of this, Jason? I mean, you're making some very blanket uh, sort of uh, – they're not really well, racist. Think they're that, bigoted uh, statements. First of
7: all, that, that, that Protestant people, the people that, that created this country, that are mainly responsible for its values, need to wake up. And they need to take their country back.
0: What do you mean you know, by we, that? We can't
7: allow our country to turn into you know, a Catholic, you know, bun- you know, just basically basket case of a country. <laughs> I mean, look at Latin America. Look how corrupt it is. That's because of the Catholic Church. That is what caused that.
0: That's an absurd you know, suggestion. I
7: think that, um, it's you know, it's corrupt also, because how, people... <laughs> look at how corrupt Italy is. I mean, it's one of those corrupt you know, you know, countries in all of Europe. You know, and the reason what do you why? base Catholic that on, Church, man? Spain too. How,
0: how, what do you base that on? Like, beyond well, the fact that look, Catholics are in anything charge. I
7: think that there's a higher per capita income in Great Britain than there is in Italy. Well, um, Italy know,
3: has the eighth highest GDP in the it, world, according to... Eight, um, Italy has the eighth highest GDP in the world in 2006. Uh, yeah,
7: I, I, they're at the bottom of the G8. You know, that does a lot, doesn't it? I'm sorry, you what? No, I mean, so what? And that means what, Russia is doing better than them? I mean, come on, this is I, – I think that there is definitely – So wait, so you want the uh, – so you that, say you want the
0: Protestants that, to take back America. How exactly do you want that to happen?
7: Well, I think, first of all, you know let, let's just hope – let's just pray to God that that never – Again, will a Catholic you know, inhabit the White House? Because that was going to be the end of us. You know what, Jason, you're a perfect example. You they know, they know what you are? You're country? a perfect I mean,
0: example of what Dave in uh, Montana was pointing out. These people that are just being divided by the government, people that sort of get divided and they sit in their own little camp and they blame everybody else's camps for the problems. The problems government, Jason. Government encourages corrupt individuals. It attracts corrupt individuals or corruptible individuals. And I don't think their religion plays a role. I mean, well, you know, your your claims the are Catholic just as absurd is, well, as the, the jerk that is, called over the weekend.
7: Institutions, you know, that in in the world. Basically, it is the the last vestige of the Roman Empire when you think about it. I mean, the Pontifex Maximus, the Pope, that was originally the, one of the titles that the that the Roman Emperor had. And, and I think that that when you have a really old institution, the more corrupt it is. I mean, why is it that so many pedophiles could be hiding out In one institution. Uh, As I pointed out, there are pedophiles anywhere there are kids.
3: I can explain the um, pedophilia um, is, you know, the the problem is their policy for not um, allowing priests to marry. I mean, it's a stupid policy that was implemented a thousand years ago based on the fact that uh, kings didn't want priests um, and, you know, uh, uh, handing down their parishes to their sons and creating these uh, competing fiefdoms. So um, they, you know, the the kings worked out a deal with the church, and and you know, priests weren't allowed to marry and weren't allowed to father legitimate children at that point, and that's the reason that um, you have pedophilia, um, you know, rampant in there is because these it's guys. It's been
7: the biggest joke for like fifty years about the, you know, just basically about the Catholic Church about how absolutely, uh, you know. With would you like things? to see I mean, us round the them up? Should we round up the no Catholics? For years about the church. How would
0: you like to round them up and put them into camps, Jason? How about that?
7: No, I would not want to see that. I'm not saying that everybody that's Catholic is a bad person or anything like that. What I'm saying is, is that you just want to keep them the out of the country. that Catholics have produced really bad leadership. So you just want to Such keep bad leadership that it produced Hitler. Franco okay, you're Uso repeating me, yourself now. I mean, so Come you on, just I mean, uh, so what uh, do you want to uh, do to uh,
0: keep them out of the country? Because you want to keep them from coming here, right? And electing more Catholics? How are you going to well, do that?
7: I definitely think there is there is a problem here. There is how are you going to keep them out, Jason? Hello?
0: How are you going to keep them out?
7: I didn't say keep them out. That's oh. not what I'm saying. But you I'm said you don't want them to
0: elect. You don't want them to get elected. And if people keep coming here that are Catholic, it's inevitable that some Catholics are going to get elected. Well,
7: I think there definitely needs to be more. Uh, you know, conversion, you know, I mean, conversion? I think that that'd be one of the things, you know, for, for Protestants to actively, oh, you know, gosh. try and convert Catholics, you know, back into, you know, you're the sick. church and the values that created this I think the,
0: religious people should leave one another alone. Oh, no, hold on. Because um, all you're doing is just fo- uh, fostering hate amongst one another, and it's disgusting.
3: Gross, gross domestic, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, GDP, uh, gross domestic product of um, United Kingdom 2.2, um, that's two point two in the millions, so it's like trillions, two point two trillion. Um for United Kingdom, one point seven for Italy. That puts United Kingdom at fifth, Italy at seventh, France, which is also a Catholic nation, um, sixth. Canada, which is partially Catholic, partially Protestant, um, at one point one eighth. Spain, um, ninth at uh, Catholic nation, and Brazil, tenth, Catholic nation. Yeah, they seem to be doing all right. Um you know, so it looks like about one, two, three. Four out of the uh, top ten, Japan, I I guess we could uh, take them out, and China, I guess we could take them out. So half of the, um, you know, there's four Protestants and uh, four Catholics in the top ten. Jason, thanks for the
0: call. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231, though I don't appreciate his message. I don't appreciate that at all. No. You know, he's just as uh, disgusting, well, not quite as disgusting, but right up there with that jerk that called on Saturday night. With this Jewish conspiracy and the, the Jews are taking over the world. Well, he believes that Catholics
3: are almost as bad. I don't. Uh, John Kennedy didn't hand the country over to the uh, Pope when uh, he became president. It's, it's just sick, man. seems silly to me.
0: This is how religion and government divide people. And it's problematic. Leave other people alone. Hour number three is on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it is our number three that we're kicking off here. Ian here with you. And Mark. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That is the packet 8.net toll-free life for you to bring up anything on Free Talk Live. 800-259-9231. You can also join us on our website, at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features there. They are completely free at freetalklive.com. So, uh, we'll start things out here this hour, of course, with your phone calls, if you make them, at 800 uh, 259 We had Jason call in at the end of hour number two, talking about how he's a little paranoid about all these Catholic immigrants coming across the border, uh, presuming, of course, that they are indeed Catholics. Um, and he didn't really get a chance to get into what he wanted to do about it,
3: um, but I presume that he wants to crack down. Well, yeah, we have to crack down for whatever reason, whether it's because they're illegal or because uh, they're Catholic or what.
0: Right. So he wants to put a stop to the flow of Catholics coming in, because he was afraid that the more Catholics come into the country, more Catholics will be elected, and that'll uh, that'll be the problem in America, according to him, is that apparently Catholics are the problem around the world. Of course, we had some jerk call in over the weekend who claimed that Jewish people were the problem in the world, and of course we've had plenty of Christians claim that it's indeed Muslims that are the problem in the world.
3: (laughs) Well, it's always somebody else's religion, isn't it?
0: Can't we all just get along, really? I mean, Rodney King was right when he asked that question. Can't we all just get along? What's the big deal? Are the religions still trying to kill one another off? Because that appears to be what's going on. Now, I don't know if Jewish people are trying to kill off the rest of the world or Catholic people are trying to kill off the rest of the world. But it does certainly seem that Christians are trying to kill, or at least some Christians are trying to uh, kill off at least the Muslim world. They called this show before and made their excuses about how, well, don't you know that the uh, the book of Islam says that you shall be convert uh, converted or be killed? And that's why we have to go, go on uh, preemptive strikes and kill every Muslim
3: in the world. I like to call those Christians Pharisees because they're exactly the kind of person that Jesus came to talk against. You know, Jesus came out against the Pharisees, the people that would implement their religion on You mean Jesus
0: didn't get an army of Christians together to go kill people?
3: No, nope. That wasn't what he did? Jesus hung out, hung out with uh, you know, tax collectors, poor people, uh, prostitutes, and um, you know, he, he tried to, sp- to spread his gospel that way. He didn't uh, uh, s-
0: slice and dice?
3: No, he wasn't no. killing anyone.
0: Huh? So you mean the Christians have somehow got the wrong message then? How did that happen? Um, like how did you how do you go from a religion that's all about and and I used to be a Christian myself how do you go from a religion that's all about loving other people allegedly right you're supposed to love everybody else if you're a Christian and treating everyone else as though um you know as though you want to be treated how do you go from that to absolutely seething hatred how does that happen
3: I, I can't, you know, it's it's a long, sordid history of the uh, Christian Church. Constantine used it to, uh, um, in order to further his power. Uh, you know, I mean, it's it's it, there's no easy answer to that question.
0: Well, you know, you uh, you when we're talking about Christians going out of control, here's an interesting story for you and a, a pretty sad one. Parallelpack.org reporting the murder of Larry Hooper on October 18, 2004. Arthur Shelton, a self-described Christian and Eagle Scout. Murdered his friend and roommate, Larry Hooper. Now, why did Larry Hooper get killed? Oh, well, because he didn't believe in God. On mm-hmm. December 18th, 2005, after many months of postponements, and I want to know how this happens as well... After many months of postponements, Arthur Shelton with his defense attorney, Seymour Swartz, appeared at the Frank Murphy Hall of Justice in Detroit, Michigan, before Judge Gregory D. Bill to face charges of murder in the first degree brought by the assistant prosecuting attorney, Christina Gurias. The trial began with a taped phone call Arthur Shelton placed to Taylor Police uh, in uh, 2004 at 1244 in the morning. Shelton sounded calm and prideful when he told the dispatcher he had just shot, quote, the devil himself Hmm. with a revolver and a shotgun because... Again, quote, a he, revolver and a shotgun? Yep. He didn't believe in God. Shelton told the dispatcher that he was still armed and ready to shoot again in case he moves. Oh. I want to make sure he's gone.
3: Just so you know, the devil does believe in God.
0: <laughs> when the dispatcher asked how many times he shot victim Shelton, uh, re, or the victim, Shelton replied, hopefully enough. Throughout the 15-minute phone call, Shelton often repeated, quote, I'm a Christian and an Eagle Scout. And I wouldn't lie. Good Lord. Don't worry about me, and he
3: repeated, and don't worry about me, I'm fine, but he's the devil. It just goes to show that uh, the crazies can get anywhere. Eagle Scouts. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it's the epitome of honor. The dispatcher uh, struggled to persuade Shelton to lay down his weapon and go
0: outdoors with his arms raised. Shelton resisted as he feared that Hooper might not be dead enough, Hmm. but eventually complied. Dead enough was an understatement.
3: Interesting that a guy that doesn't believe in the afterlife, he's concerned that a guy that doesn't believe in the afterlife is going to come back and get him. He was Satan, not an
0: atheist, apparently. Uh, dead enough was an understatement, statement, but when the police arrived, they were confronted with the grisly scene of Hooper sitting upright on the couch with his head blown away and his brain lying on his hand. Oh, dear God. The autopsy report presented by the prosecutor was gruesome to be sure, but for the record, Larry Hooper tested negative for all narcotics and alcohol. Testimony by the arresting officer and the officers transporting Shelton to the police station revealed that while the officers were interested in gathering details about the incident, Shelton was obsessed with talking about God, the Eagle Scouts, and stating that he, he, quote, would not talk to anyone who did not believe in God, but that he would talk to the police because he felt they believed in God. That's great. On the second day of the trial, the court played the videotape of the late-night interrogation with Arthur Shelton. He appeared calm, cooperative, and enjoyed the cookies and milk that he was served.
3: <laughs> Once again, Arthur was obsessed. It's a lot better than the guy, the other guy got.
0: About talking about God and the Eagle Scouts, he stated, "Quote that he was not sorry for a second that he killed Hooper." Hmm. He stated, "In the eyes of the law, I was wrong and will probably spend the rest of my life in prison."
3: I'd like to, I'd like to say, "Yay,"
0: but in the eyes of God. I have killed an evil person, the devil himself.
3: Well, it's good that he knows what God's thinking.
0: And when Arthur took the witness stand in his own defense, as you might guess, he reiterated much of the same ideas. Day three of the trial, we heard summary arguments. The defense had little problem proving that Arthur, obs- Arthur is obsessed with religion, God, and the Eagle Stouts, uh, Scouts, and pleaded for a verdict of guilty due to insanity. The prosecution had little problem proving that Arthur was Compton, knew the difference between right and wrong, and called for a verdict of guilty of murder in the first degree. As this was a wavered trial, Judge Bill rendered his verdict quickly, guilty of second-degree murder with mental illness. On December 19th of 2005, we returned to Judge Bill's court to witness the sentencing of Mr. Shelton... The prosecution asked for the high-end punishment of 25 to 45 years, while the defense was still pleading for not guilty due to insanity, or at the very most, a soft sentence at the low end of punishment, 15 to 22 years. Judge Bill invited Shelton to make a statement, and after fumbling for words, he stated that he was sorry that Larry was dead, but he did a job that had to be done. Dear God, He's, he's still sticking with it. He stated that he actually, quote, saw fire and smoke coming from Larry's eyes, and knew he was the devil himself.
3: I suppose that uh, what his intent uh, was at that point, just to to be crazy. He was crazy to begin with.
0: Judge Bill proceeded to tenderly read letters written to him from Shelton's family members, pleading for leniency. Shelton sat facing the audience and blew kisses to his tearful and sometimes sobbing family. In the end, the now stern-faced Judge Bill pronounced sentencing 25 to 45 years. Shelton was stunned and tried to negotiate the sentence. <laughs> I'm 50 years old, and that's as good as a life sentence. Judge Bill responded, Mister 50? He's, oh,
3: he's, he's pushing the Eagle Scout thing, and he's 50? Who cares? Mr. Shelton, you <laughs> gave
0: Larry Hooper a life sentence by committing one of the most heinous murders ever to come before my court. I now add a disgusting chain of events that took place in the courtroom, the hallways, the lobby of the court building, the staircase outside of the courthouse, and even the ladies' bathroom. George Schiffer and myself attended day one of the trial. Upon arrival, we were asked who we were, and I gave the court my American Atheist business card. Word that we were atheists traveled fast in this courtroom that offered very limited seating, and the only others in attendance were 11 members of Shelton's family who immediately began taunting George and me with, The people from hell, evil, and devils! At breaks, they waited for us in the hall, and continued with more of the same, while adding, God loves you! And blowing kisses towards us, and shoving their crosses in our faces, which they wore around their necks. How bizarre. Several of the women even followed me into the bathroom, and did their best to intimidate, with me, uh, to, to intimidate me with their crosses. Through all of it, George and I never flinched, but at the conclusion of the day, I reported this taunting to the officer of the court, who admitted that they were aware of the problem and escorted us to the elevator, passed into the disappointment of the waiting group of good Christians. Day two's description is coming up, 800 9231 What an interesting group of people. If they're such um,
3: Satanists or whatever, why don't the crosses work on them? That's a good question.
0: 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Have you ever had an encounter with a little bit of a pushy religious person? This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231. That is the packet 8. Dot net toll-free line. For all your voiceover IP needs, packet8.net. Ian here with you. And Mark. one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one 9231 You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a listener map there with over 1,700 of our listeners from around the world that have added themselves to it to show us where they live. Not exactly where, though you could be that precise with the uh, the mapping. Normally, it just puts you somewhere in your zip code. And uh, it's pretty cool. So check it out at map.freetalklive.com. And what's your liberty issue? Is it taxes? Register now for the February 2007 New Hampshire Liberty Forum. Speakers to include Christopher Gronsky, the New Hampshire coordinator for the We the People Congress, and a taxpayer activism panel. freestateproject.org slash libertyforum for more information and to get registered. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. We're talking about a a disturbing story from Arlene Marie, the Michigan State Director of the American Atheists at michiganatheist.org, talking about how they attended a court Trial of a man who murdered his friend and his roommate Larry Hooper now that's a guy that got killed. the gentleman who killed him if to use uh, i don't know if it's really appropriate to call him a gentleman, but Arthur Shelton essentially killed him because he believed he was the devil himself when he found out that he didn't believe in God, and on the trial. On the stand, he was ranting and raving about how he loves God, and he's an Eagle Scout, and that Larry Hooper was a He was a an Eagle Satan. Scout
3: 30 years prior to that.
0: Right. Larry. Yes, this man is 50. Uh, that Larry Hooper was Satan himself. Uh, he blew his brains out. And so he got 25 to 45 years. The rest of the story is what happened outside of the courtroom, where this man's family was in attendance about eleven members of the family and harassing the two atheists from the uh, the Michigan atheist that were attending the trial, as you might imagine they were friends with uh, the victim and that's why they were there and so on day two, when George and I, together with Joe Milan entered the court from the uh, entered the courtroom, the taunting began immediately within an hour. The judge announced that those making gestures and faces had better cease or they would be removed for the balance of the day. The Christians wore their neck crosses on their backs as we were seated in the back row while constantly flopping them about with their hand. When we returned from lunch without the court escort, the Christians were waiting for us on the seventh floor and lunged at us with small signs that they had painted, Jesus lives, God loves you, and again thrusted their crosses two to three inches from our noses. Tempers flared and a brief shouting match began, brief because court officers were there in a flash. Day three found atheist Lee Helms in the same taunted position of the previous days, though he was not known to the court or to the Christians. At the conclusion of the day, an officer of the court detained him, stating that they'd been having trouble with those people, that is, the Christians, Mm -hmm. and escorted him to the elevators. Even with all that behind us, December 19th, the day of sentencing, uh, sentencing, was still a horrific experience for myself and uh, the other atheists there. When leaving the courtroom, the Christian... Shelton family lay in wait for us in the hallway. Their tears dried. They surrounded us, shouting these comments. The one thing, a good thing of all this is that another atheist is dead and the world is better off for it. And the only good atheist is a dead atheist.
3: Well, they're they're spreading the good news of Jesus Christ, aren't they? Yeah, they're really doing a great job of making the, the rest of the Christian world look good. Well, I don't think that they represent the rest I know of the Christian they don't world by any
0: stretch the of the imagination. I know they don't represent the rest of the uh, the Christian world. Just as the atheists, the few atheists out there that get in your face, don't represent the atheist world either. But I think this is an important story to bring up. One of the one of the things that atheists are, are concerned with when they come out of the closet of, uh, of as being atheists. I knew I was a little concerned with what people would think when I was 16 and I decided to come out as an atheist. I wasn't so much concerned as to what my parents would think, and I was right. They told me they supported me in whatever I wanted to do, and and that was great. But it was the rest of uh, the Christian world that I was a little bit concerned with. I'd spent 16 years, you know, meeting people, and uh, they didn't know what my belief system was. They thought I was a Christian, and they didn't know that all the while, for the last several years, I'd been asking all kinds of questions to myself, and I just hadn't necessarily come out ...about my atheism uh, yet, and I was a little concerned with how I'd be treated. And I still am today. I don't ever broach the subject unless it just happens to come up. Or there's unless no, it's on air. And, well, and unless it's on air. But there's no need to uh, to flash one's uh, one's atheism, just as I don't think there's a need to flash one's Christianity... ...or one's Muslimness or Jewishness or whatever it is that you follow, your Catholicism. Can't we just keep our religious beliefs, or lack thereof, to ourselves... I guess not, because some religions it's part of the religion, part and parcel to uh, proselytize, yeah, to spread the word. But I don't think that uh, that shoving your crosses in people's faces and insulting them for their belief system is ever going to be an effective way to get them to even consider converting to your religion.
3: No, it's not. I mean, obviously that's a you know a poor system, and and those people were you know just be a nutty.
0: And for all I know it's a for all I know they're members of a very select reclusive church, you know like that uh, like that Fred Phelps guy and his anti-gay church. Mm-hmm. Well his church is really pretty much his family members. Like there's not very many people outside of their incestuous little family that goes to that church from what I understand, but yet they get all this attention because they go to protest and hold up signs.
3: Well if he uh if he just has his own family members donating money to his church, how do they really You know, how does he really make a living? I don't know. I guess they have jobs. Maybe they all sort of live together.
0: Maybe they all live together on like a church compound or something.
3: Very, very strange.
0: I don't know. I just got the impression from the things I've read about his church that it is a very strange place. Yeah. And that the people involved are very strange people that are likely to do things like this. They, They seem like the types that would be doing what these people in this article were doing. Shoving crosses in people's faces, yelling at them, ridiculing them for their belief system or lack thereof. And it's just completely inappropriate.
3: I would agree that uh, they do seem like that type. So, I just want to hear from you. If
0: you've had any experiences similar to this, um, Whether it, I, mean, I don't care where it's coming from. I don't care if it's an experience coming from uh, an atheist, shoving his atheism around, coming from a Christian, shoving their Christianity around, coming from a Catholic or a Muslim or whatever. Who's more likely to uh, to engage in this behavior? Obviously, leaving out the uh, the Mormons and the Jehovah's Witnesses, those guys, you expect. Like, you expect them to come knocking
3: on your door someday. Knocking on your door, I mean, they're not going to do anything else. They're they usually ever? very polite.
0: Right. Do they ever do anything anywhere else, like just accost people? No.
3: That's good. Um, the Hare Krishnas might be on the airport uh, trying to get you. Would you like to buy a flower? I've never seen them. Only seen them in movies. And I've, I've seen them in air, major airports. Bigger airports? Yeah. Gotcha. And they're not as popular as they used to be.
0: Yeah, that well they were a very funny part of uh, the movie Airplane, which was just a just a riot. Great. That's one of those movies that I laugh at every time I watch it. It doesn't matter how many times I've seen the jokes, it's always funny.
3: Airplane, very funny movie. And one of Blazing them think, saddles, space balls.
0: One of them I think was when in airplane they deck one of the Harry Krishnas in the
3: uh, in the airport that was fun. <laughs> it's not it's not nice to hit people especially non-violent people.
0: <laughs> it's only in the movies, Mark. I'm not advocating it in real no, life. No, no, you're not. All right. So the toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. If you've got a story of a religious person or a or a non-religious person just being way too pushy. With their religion, that's what I want to hear from. Also, about whatever's on your mind, toll-free, 800-259-9231. On the way, as it turns out, there's a secret that the BBC has stumbled onto. A a New Scientist magazine reporting on how it is that you can help keep stress at bay, especially when it comes to public speaking. One of Americans and probably the world's (laughs) greatest fears, greatest fears, is public speaking. So how can you allay those fears? How can you tame your fear? We will explain on the way. 800-259-9231. It's so simple, you're going to slap yourself for not realizing it. It is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. The packet, 8 toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, and that does include the bulletin board system. We've got over 160,000 posts uh, waiting for you there. We've got 1,300-plus people
3: interacting
0: at bbs.freetalklive.com, and it's all for free. That's bbs.freetalklive.com.
3: Does your company have a bunch of unpaid receivables just sitting out there? Try Saquel CAI. They do collections in a whole new way. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. They record every customer interaction, so you can check their work. Let SACL CAI handle any or all of your account's receivable needs. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. That's one 800 6359 do businesses with business that support FTL, SACL, CAI. All
0: righty, let's go to the phones, do the fun. Gene, the Christian anarchist, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark.
2: Hey, I used your Amazon link and bought some stuff. That Great. is
0: fantastic, Gene. We really appreciate that.
2: Well, uh, I'll, be, I'll be doing it more. I actually felt kind of guilty because uh, a couple of weeks ago I bought something from Amazon, and after I did it I thought, oh, darn it, I forgot they had a link for that. <laughs>
0: Well, we definitely oh, anyway. appreciate anything you send our way, because anybody that goes to amazon.freetalklive.com and shops there, percentage of their sale goes to benefit Free Talk Live. So, Gene, you were sitting through uh, that, that story about the Christians, uh, the so-called Christians, shoving their crosses in a few atheist faces. Have you ever encountered in your Christian travels other Christians who behaved in that way?
2: Yeah, I've encountered people that aren't Christians who behave that way. but uh, Not crosses, of course, but other things.
0: Did you? Did you ever have any choice words for them? Uh, for for the for the Christ, the Christians that you've encountered?
2: No, I just uh, you know I let people be if they're gonna do that kind of stuff. I just avoid them and walk the other way. And I don't I don't I don't get offensive with people even if they're offensive. If they if they assault me, that's a different story. But if they're just being offensive, I figure you know everybody's got a right to. Be a jerk if they want to. Do you think and, uh, that?
0: Uh, do you think that people like that are sort of indoctrinated to that style of behavior in their church or more in their family?
2: Oh, it's a little bit of both. Uh-huh. I, I've seen churches like that and I've seen families like that. It's, it's, it's just people that aren't thinking. That's all. You know, they don't use their heads.
0: For sure. With that in but, mind, what was on your mind tonight, Gene?
2: Well, I came uh... call tonight in order to talk about the world's most dangerous religion because you had this guy talking about how dangerous the catholics are (laughs) and i know of a more dangerous religion the world's most dangerous religion there is and it isn't muslim
0: worship of government
2: that's it Ah. not only not only the worship of government but just a belief in government because Mm. i've explained many times government is a fiction it does not exist all that exists are men men exist and men do evil deeds but they do these evil deeds when they're encouraged by other men who tell them that there's this strange, fictitious force called government. Mm-hmm. And this strange, fictitious force called government but wait, somehow empowers them with authority to go kill people.
0: But wait, didn't people vote for these, uh, these men?
2: They voted for other men, and those men also told them that there's a strange, fictitious thing called government that gives them authority to tell them how to go kill people. But doesn't
0: isn't there some sort of magical process about voting that that gives men authority? Didn't we essentially give them permission to rule us when we went and voted? Those well, that's who what did?
2: people, that's, that's part of their religion, yes. They, they, they teach people this. But in, in reality, of course, it's fiction. And when you become enlightened, you will see that there is no such thing as government, there is no such thing as authority of government, and all there are are men with guns.
0: I agree completely and the logical progression is very easy to understand. It's very simple. I like the approach where you you ask somebody, well, would you ever take things from me by force? Would you ever come over to my house and uh, point a gun at me and demand that I give you a bunch of money so you could go help your sick grandma? And nobody, I mean for the most part unless they are a psychopath, will say yes to that. Well,
2: and I would I would say yes to that. You you would? Yes, I would. Why? Well, if I was in a very extremely desperate situation, and I needed money, and I knew you had some, and I got into a little crazy state of mind that says, well, you know, I could sure use that money, then I might go to that guy's house, point a gun in his face, and say, give me money.
0: But then you're risking your life, Gene.
2: I am risking my life, and you do desperate things when you're in desperate situations. If you are a man whose child is dying, and he has no money, he has no bread on the table... He will do desperate things.
0: Well, you shut down my explanation, because most people would say no to that, uh, because they don't think it's appropriate to use force on others. But there's there's a certain point at which they th- all of a sudden become in favor of using force on others without even realizing that they become in favor of it. So most people would not agree with using force on their next-door neighbor, um, and they also wouldn't agree with t- them getting together with ten of their friends and all together using force on their next-door neighbor. Um, but for some reason, when a bunch of people go into a voting booth and uh, punch chads on a piece of paper, then all of a sudden using force on neighbors becomes okay.
2: But I acknowledge that if I use force on somebody in that regard, even though I may think it's for a good reason, and maybe it is for a good reason, I would be wrong. I mean that doesn't mean that I wouldn't do it. I've done things in my life that are wrong before, and I think all of us have. Well, we and that to... other
0: that other person would have the absolute authority and right to uh, to use force right back on you if you were yes, to do that.
2: Yes, he could shoot me and kill me. It's, I acknowledge that.
3: It's probably a lot safer, and you know, just as desperate to go door to door knocking and asking people for money to help your sick ch- sick child. The more evidence that you can prove that you in fact have a sick child, the better off you'll be. Um, you You're know, saying ask for money. Ask for money. What's well, different than Taking oh, I, I, I would, point. yes. I'm just saying that this and, you know, and one would work, people, and you wouldn't die.
2: And I've seen people this desperate. You know, I've seen people in China that actually have absolutely nothing, and they're on the street corner begging, and they will, they they get pretty aggressive, and they get in your face, mm-hmm. and sometimes uh, I can see how in a certain situation they might resort to stealing things, for instance, like uh, something they saw on a shop counter that wasn't tied down real well. So uh, people, like I say, in desperate situations do desperate things, and I don't think any of us are immune from that.
0: Well, the idea of the concept of authority is really kind of silly. I mean, if you don't have the authority by birth, to take money from your next door neighbor, you can't delegate authority you don't have to another person, and it doesn't matter if you do that delegation through the voting booth or through a magical spell. There's just no way that you can do that. It's and that's that's to back up your assertion that government is nothing but a fantasy.
2: It is a fantasy. It exists only in the men of uh, only in the minds of men, and when men wake up to that realization, then they can at least. Uh, grasp what freedom is. Until they get away from this idea that they have to have some government to enforce freedom, mm-hmm. they're never going to have real freedom.
0: It's true. You can't have it if there is a government around. You
2: know, it's a freedom contradiction. Is, yeah, and I think that Jesus was an anarchist. So.
0: Very good, Gene. Thanks for the call as always. We appreciate hearing from you, sir. 800-259-9231 That is the Packet 8 toll-free line.
3: I'm sure the Republicans think Jesus was a Republican, and the Democrats think that Jesus was <laughs> a Democrat, too. I, yeah, poor Jesus has been, been ascribed lots of political beliefs uh, throughout the years. That's true.
0: Uh, all right, so 800 259 is the toll-free line for you. Now, you're kind of quiet during all that, Mark. I know you don't necessarily agree with Gene. I don't know why you didn't uh, take him to task. I,
3: you know, I just... <laughs> I've had the argument, uh, you know, small government, no government, so many but times. But you always
0: have it with me. You don't ever get to, you, you know, you didn't get to have it with Gene there. I, I'm bummed out. You should have jumped in. I, I'm just not interested. I mean, maybe it's because you you know that he's going to tear you apart.
3: Um, <laughs> You know that
0: Gene is a principled <laughs> individual. Yeah,
3: maybe that's why. You were scared. That's what I was. Yeah. Um, no, I just, you know, bop, I bop, bop. it has nothing to do with me not thinking that uh, the the anarchist position is... Um, moral, because it is. What I mean, do you
0: have to What do you have to say to his assertion that I agree with that government's a fantasy? Absolutely, it is a fantasy.
3: Oh, I mean, it's just it's a concoction in the minds of men. It's a it's an agreement a, of sorts. You know, if you but and I, not. if you and I have an agreement that we have a radio show, then we in fact have a radio show. Mm-hmm. But there isn't a radio show here. There's just microphones and wires mm-hmm. and two guys talking. So it's the name of, of, of a group. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So there's nothing to be said. But there's no agreement. There is an agreement. Not between me and them. Uh, Who? Oh, with government. Right. Right. I understand what you're saying. It's an agreement uh, between them.
0: They're agreeing to use force on other people. And you included. Right. Me included and everyone else included. Yeah. That's their agreement, but I have nothing to do with it. More on the way. 800-259-9231. Tips on how to make your speeches better. Coming up. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain here. But just enough time for your call if you make it now at 800-259-9231. The packet 8 dot net toll free line ian here with you and mark one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. you can join us on our website freetalklive.com. talk you like the show you want to help support us then become a free talk live amplifier as over 300 of our listeners have done for as little as three bucks a month you know you get everything on our website for free up front so this is in addition this is a voluntary option for those of you that really like free talk live and want to help us get on more radio stations around the country and uh, get on more people's internet connections and it's working plus you get perks so head over to amp learn what it's all about that's com. in fact as we go to one of those perks the amplifier call-in lines and liam in indianapolis you're on free talk live with the and mark hey
5: what's up guys hey, hey liam. liam
0: what's on your mind
5: not too much i just wanted to talk about the uh console wars because uh, like a couple months ago it was blowing up the calls or whatever you know it's Everybody true it's, true. it's it. sort
0: of dropped off the map at this point but what's going yeah. on with the console wars
5: uh i just wanted to say that like you know the whole argument was whether the Wii was going to be better or PlayStation 3, and now you can't find a Wii anywhere, and you can find PlayStation 3s everywhere. Really? I to kind of rub that in Mark's face, yeah. Is that they're so? Like, of, I,
3: I, I couldn't even tell you. I, I haven't followed up on it. So the PlayStation 3s are yeah. back in production,
0: and they're all over the marketplace at this point? No, no, they're, uh, they've been, a lot of them
5: have been returned and stuff. They haven't even gotten their next shipment. But, really? like you can find them in classified ads, and you can find them, like, everywhere pretty much. There's like at the uh local game store there's a there's um you know a used one that they've got in my like, But wait, what are they charging
0: for them though? But Liam uh, what are they charging? What? No, what are they charging for in the classifieds?
5: Uh they're usually about seven, seven hundred. Okay, well, that's okay.
0: That's not really a fair statement. You can't make the statement that they're everywhere. They're not everywhere. They're only available in certain places, and they're available at at a higher price. No, but I've gone. You can get them at Walmart for the normal
5: price. Is what I'm saying because people have taken them back because they've been like they went and waited all night and bought one, and then uh, you know nobody bought it off of eBay. And then they took them back. You can go to Walmart. They've they haven't, they've got tons of them there. They've got some at uh, Target over at uh, Game Crazy. I don't know if you have those in New Hampshire.
0: So but. you're telling me that the, that people couldn't sell these things on eBay? We heard reports yeah. they were going I'd for a go, thousand bucks.
5: Go to eBay right now and see how many you find.
3: Now I thought that we I thought that they had made so many wees that they were available and everything.
5: Uh, yeah, well, they were supposed to, but they're kind of slacking. They haven't gotten uh, as many in as they're supposed to. But mm. from everything that I've heard around the circles, like I'm a big PlayStation guy and a big weed guy too, mm-hmm. so I, I like – I've been following both of them, but Mm -hmm. every all the circles that I've been around, people are talking about how awesome the Wii is.
0: It's true. I mean, all the conversation that I've seen, and I'm not even in the circles anymore, but it seems like all the news is about the controller, the Wii controllers, really, just a major piece of news. um, And it's probably going to change uh, the way games are controlled from the uh, for the future. Yeah,
5: it's what it is. It's like the controller that, and there's this really awesome game that came out for it called uh, Mark's Purple Helmet. (laughs)
0: Thanks for the call. We appreciate it, Liam. (laughs) 800-259-9231. Hey, speaking of that, uh, we're going to address that here in moments, believe it or not. But first, Mark in Texas, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark.
5: Yeah, hey, I was uh, hoping to be the first guy in 2007 to call Mark a homo.
3: (laughs) Well, congratulations. All right, cool. Did you have anything else? That was, no, that was it. All right. Two uh,
0: Mark-related jokes within a matter of moments. Thanks why is it, for the why call is it always line. me? I don't know. But speaking of is the Purple Helmets. Why the pretty helmets, guy
3: got to be the gay
0: guy? Speaking of Purple Helmets, uh, the BBC has important news for those of you who are a little bit frightened when it comes to public speaking. Now, when I was in uh, school, I was terrified of getting up and giving reports. And me too. I, I was so terrified. And I, when I say school, I mean elementary school and middle school. I was so terrified that I would get up and shake the podium. Like I would get up in front I, Yeah, I would try to brace myself because I knew that I would get up and shake a lot and right. it was very visible and obvious and embarrassing at a young age obviously. And so I grabbed the podium once and I I heard the podium rocking. You could hear yeah, the that's not a good noise idea. from the because I was just shaking so much and obviously it was embarrassing. I was really scared about getting up and and giving presentations. Now, since I um Got into college and took speech class in college, where when you are able to, when you're in college, you get to speak about what you want. Right. When you're in high school and earlier, you are assigned a topic and you have to do a presentation about a topic that you either don't know much about or don't
3: care about. I think I had uh, a World War II topic on kamikazes, and I believe I had one on uh, the burial burial practices of the Egyptians and their families. Right,
0: and, and I think that I think that that's a huge factor. In nervousness in giving a speech. Nonetheless, there's still some anxiety. There's still some uh, some excitement. But I I think that there there are some tricks and tips. Like for instance, if you feel nervous in front of a speech, um, don't call it nervousness. Call it excitement. Mm -hmm. Because there's a difference there. Nervous is a negative term. Yeah. Um, Excitement is like when, when. I was excited to give speeches in college because I was talking about something I wanted to talk about. I was excited that there were going to be people who were listening to what I had to say. These are, this is sort of the mindset that you should get into when you're giving a speech. There are people sitting in this audience that are going to be, hopefully, wrapped with attention uh, in regards to the things that you are going to have coming out of your mouth. And that's pretty complimentary. That's something to get excited about,
3: or at the very least they're going to ignore you and think about other stuff and, and you know what there's going
0: right? to be somebody out there who uh, will appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. What you're saying. You don't want to think about those negative things, Mark. Well, I don't. I just, about, I'm just, I'm just saying trying that to give
3: people tips. This is one of the biggest fears, um, in, in the world is public speaking. It is, but no one's like sitting there being hypercritical of you or anything. They know they have to give another. They have to give a speech too if it's a class. If it's a class situation, and, and if they've been on stage before,
0: they understand all of the things that uh, that go along with that. But now the BBC has discovered that there's another tip, another trick of the trade, that may actually give you more confidence may allow you to be more calm and give better speeches, give better uh, public presentations. Here it is. Forget learning lines or polishing jokes. Having sex might be the best way to prepare for giving a speech. That's right. New Scientist (laughs) magazine reports that Stuart Brody, a psychologist at the University of Paisley, found having sex can keep stress at bay. However, only penetrative intercourse did the trick. All other forms of sex had no impact on stress levels at all. Professor Brody uh, monitored how various forms of sex affected blood pressure levels in a stressful situation. For a fortnight, 24 women and 22 men kept diaries of how often they engaged in various forms of sex. They then underwent a stress test involving public speaking and performing mental arithmetic out loud. Volunteers who had penetrative intercourse were found to be the least stressed, and their blood pressure returned to normal faster than those who had engaged in other forms of sexual activity such as masturbation. Those who abstained or self pleasure. Uh, those who abstained from any form of sexual activity at all had the highest blood pressure response to stress. So you're you're still better off self pleasuring than nothing at all. But you're way better off if you can actually have uh, penetrative intercourse,
3: as they point out. They so, check with any gay people on this, or uh, I'm this not is sure. All heterosexual people.
0: It, I didn't. It didn't. It heterosexual didn't sound like that. intercourse. It does mention it. Uh, Doctor Brody found that the effect remained even after taking differences in personality and other health-related factors into account. So even those who are more, uh, who are normally less stressed when giving speeches, are even more less stressed when they've had sex. He told the BBC News website that it was possible that the calming effect was linked to the stimulation of a wide variety of nerves, which takes place during heterosexual intercourse, but no other forms of sex. In particular, the vagal nerve nerve, plays a role in controlling some psychological processes. In addition, the release of the hormone oxytocin during sex might have a calming effect. Professor Brody said it made sense in evolutionary terms for standard heterosexual sexual intercourse to be associated with a wide range of positive effects on behavior. He said, quote, a growing body of, of research indicates that it's specifically intercourse and not other sexual behaviors, whether alone or with a partner, that's associated with a broad range of psychological and physiological benefits. And... Greater frequency of intercourse is associated with greater benefits, and we've talked about this before that that uh, when you have sex and you have sex on a semi-regular basis, you're healthier than other people. It's just good for you. it's true. Uh, but Dr. Peter Bull, a social and psycho- uh, political psychologist at the University of York, said there were other ways to prepare for a speech that were more likely to reduce stress. He says you're better off thinking about what you're going to say and preparing thoroughly rather than having sex the previous
3: night. I would say do both. Uh, yeah, I would, I would say, you know, you've got to know your material, absolutely. But, uh, you know, once you know your material, it being being not, not being stressed is very helpful. I wonder if they – I'd like to see them do a study where um, they have sex
0: right before the speech and then the night before the speech, and see which one's, uh, which one's best at reducing stress.
3: That, be, that would make me curious. I would like to see a study where they actually uh, um, have penetrative intercourse there at the venue that they're intending to... That's uh, what know, I'm with, saying. With the Right curtain before closed. the
0: speech. Right. Right before the speech. And that's why I'm thinking maybe <laughs> if we legalized prostitution, what you could do is you could have a, you could hire a prostitute, like if you're going somewhere to give a really important speech you could or have a bunch of speeches you could have sort of like the speech prostitute backstage. you just talk to your,
3: can't you just talk to your wife well she's
0: not with you you know you're really nervous i see you got to you got to help yourself somehow it'd be one way for some uh, some people to make money in prostitution feel anyway it's been in here with you and mark so try that next time you have to give a speech have a little sex beforehand see if it helps we'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime freetalklive.com